You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you tri-freaks and geeks, and welcome to another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast where we go long, both in talk and out on the course, and we learn all about how to do triathlon right. Okay, we've got an awesome episode here back on the show, she hadn't been here for a while, is Jessie Stensland. And Jessie is a big deal. She's a former pro that uh, was also on the front of Triathlete Magazine some years ago. Uh, her first name is J-E-S-S-I Stensland, and uh, Google her to uh, see uh, who she is and and uh, what she looks like. And I could tell you that, yeah, she was a formal pro. She was an Olympic trials uh, triathlete, and uh, she helped host a couple of the uh, Zentri base camp training camps that I put on in uh, one in California, for example, and all around super cool chick that is just an, an incredible athlete and also uh, quite the incredible person. She is going way out of her way to research the industry and work on the human foot. So she's on the show via Skype and we talk about all about the foot, where she's been, what she's learned, how she's trying to uh, bring stuff to market that will help other people have so much success with their training and with their feet as she has. She's one of these people that has done really well and wants to share with others how to get in the same place. I feel the same way, you know, with I haven't done as well. But the stuff that I do learn, I'm just desperate to share with others so that we can have everybody doing this stuff. And that's how Jesse rocks it. So we are super lucky to have her on the show. But first, let's go ahead and rock some triathlon news. Here we go. All right, to keep all you tri-freaks and geeks out there safe, we should mention at the top of the show the Zip Hub Recall front wheel. Man, you do not want your front wheel to go wrong or to go sideways in the middle of a ride. <laughs> Zip has a hub that uh, I think just maybe a year it was produced or maybe a couple of years is uh, defective, which can cause some spokes to break off at the flange. And you can uh, Google uh, Zip Hub Recall and you will find pictures. It's really easy to tell the, if you have one that's the defective one or not. And if you have a defective one, Go get it fixed. It is very important that you do not have anything go wrong with your front wheel. That might be, along with your brakes, the uh, the most, I would say, your front wheel, your brakes, and your stem and your handlebars are probably the most critical things to never break out on a ride. So go get, the, go get it checked out and make sure you don't have any and tell your friends. You do not want, you want to call up your friends and uh, tell them, uh, hey, get this checked out. You do not want to go visit them in the hospital and say, oh, I, I was uh, meaning to tell you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but anyway, besides that, Zip makes awesome stuff. I, I got, I'm looking around right now. I got a few Zip things. I love my Zip stuff. All right, let's see. Speaking of things with a Z, I have uh, Zwift here on the news queue. This is really, really cool. Zwift has introduced a segment, a new segment to their 
software where you can ride your bike and it picks up your ant uh, wireless uh, transmitter, whatever you have, speed, cadence, if you have a power meter, um, you ride your bike on a trainer, there's a video game you can install on your computer and it will uh, pedal you along. Really nice graphics. And everybody else in the world is all riding it at the same time. And uh, if you go uphill, it slows you down and it uses real world physics. So it's speed appropriate. And uh, it's been uh, gaining in popularity and really nice already. And they just introduced the new segment, which is a massive mountain, where the new segment is as big as the entire thing was before. So it's basically doubled in size, the area you can ride. And this mountain is, ah, it's about 2,000 feet in elevation. <laughs> and it takes, it depends on how, how, how hard you pedal, but it can take uh, 40 minutes to climb and you go through a village and then a castle and then a blizzard and then a, uh, once you hit the summit over a ski resort, then uh, you can continue climbing over up to a radio tower and it goes from day to night to day. There's moon, sun, uh, snowflakes, butterflies. I mean, it is something else, man. And, uh, yeah, the new mountain is huge. So I've rode the mountain several times this weekend and I can say that I had a much better workout because it was a real challenge to climb that mountain. And even though it's not real, it's feels real in your mind. So you, you try harder and I definitely recommend it. It is super cool, especially cause you can make friends. Somebody tweeted a picture. You can take screenshots with the software and then tweet them out. And somebody tweeted a picture that they had seen of me. They saw me out on the course and tweeted a picture. It was so cool. It puts an extra kick in your step. It's really nice. And yeah, if you have a smart trainer, it'll um, up the resistance uh, the steeper the climb. And the average is like 8%. I saw one time it hit 17% when you're climbing up to the radio tower. Um, it's, a, it's a monster, and it's awesome. And also, Zwift contacted me and asked if I would write an article on their blog and so I wrote something, and it was uh, mostly serious, but kind of funny, uh, like different different tips and tricks. You know, don't want to take your take yourself uh, too seriously because you might have a stuttering problem. But whew, hold on, coffee time. Mm. It's a real show with real triathletes. We really drink real uppers, including coffee, good coffee from the Keurig, mm. double dose. And so um, I sent it off to him. We'll see if they actually publish it or not. And uh, if they do, there is tons of tips and tricks in there on how to use Zwift to become a better long course triathlete. Um, I looked at their blog first before writing it and saw the kind of content they had. So I tried to write something that kind of matched. And uh, it's both general and uh, specific at the same time. And we'll see where that goes. So again, that's all the Zwift stuff. All right. We have some race results. We had Puerto Rico go down. Where did I have it? Tim O'Donnell uh, won. What happened to... I'm trying to think. Was Starkey... Let's see. Okay, so men, Puerto Rico 70.3. Uh, Tim O'Donnell was first in three hours and 50 minutes. There's my dog. Uh, Leon Griffin was second, just a few minutes behind. And Cameron Dye was third, just a minute behind that. And then in the women, Tyne Deckers. I don't think I've ever heard of her. She looks like she's from Belgium, was in four hours and 20 minutes. And Sarah Haskins, definitely heard of her. And Lindsay Corbin uh, were second and third. Just all these, just within a few minutes. That's amazing. There's people out there this fast. It's crazy. 
And that's some race results for you. It looks like the race season's starting up here in the uh, in the northern hemisphere, living in Texas, where I do south central central Texas. Um, I can tell you it's starting to get warm. The water's going to start warming up pretty soon, so triathlon season is coming yet again. And speaking of that, let's move on over to uh, what's going on here at the Zentri Studios. Um, let's see, I've got Galveston 70.3 coming up, which typically is a hot race, um, even though it's coming only in on April 8th, so it's really soon. Training has been kicking ass for that, and... Um, for example, riding that Zwift Mountain was really cool. Uh, I've got, if you've been listening to past episodes, I fell down in December while running at night and broke my arm, which broke my elbow, which makes my, uh, the doctors have said, uh, I'll never swim normally again. I'll never be able to use my elbow normally again. So my swimming's kind of jacked, um, but I'm tolerating it. It seems to be getting better all the time. It'll probably end up being 90% of what it was before, maybe 95 And... There's not much I can do about it. You know, I'm already 43 years old. I'm almost 40. I'm 42. Uh, my life's uh, half over. I had a good run, is what I say, with my left arm. <laughs> Still got the right arm. And then um, my plantar fasciitis and my both feet, but mostly my left foot with a heel spur, it's so bad, uh, is getting better. I found the trick is to sleep in a boot uh, that I got off Amazon for like 20, 30 bucks, real cheap boot. Sleep in it every night and only run every other day seems to be the trick right now. It seems to be improving and I'm only running an hour at a time when I do run and uh, when I kind of vary from that schedule, things get worse. When I stick to that schedule, things get better. Uh, See, I had a broken toe when I fell down and broke my arm, that turf toe is what it's called and I'm trying to remember the other injuries I got. I got various ones I'm working with. Um, But so things are looking up. And also um, I worked with a friend and bought his old uh, Zip Firecrest wheel. Oh, uh, I should go back to the Zip Mount, the uh, Zwift Mountain thing. I'm going to talk a lot about at the end how I use it to train. Uh, But anyway, uh, the Zip Firecrest wheel. I got a Zip uh, 808 from my buddy Gary. And it's all carbon, so it requires special pads that uh, I have to uh, switch out if I want to switch back to my aluminum wheel. But um, I'm very excited. I tried to work with getting a sponsor. Zentri is a huge podcast with a huge amount of reach, but it is crazy sometimes trying to find sponsors for equipment, um, that, uh, especially bike stuff, man. It's so expensive, you know? So the front wheel is... Uh, is now a Zip 808 Firecrest. And yeah, the um, switching out the brake pads was, uh, if I go back and forth between front wheels, I got to do the aluminum to carbon brake pad thing. And then I also just bought, ordered, I'm waiting for it to be delivered, a swim parachute, which is really interesting. They come, uh, the, the main most popular model comes between uh, an 8-inch or 12-inch uh, parachute that you drag behind you in the pool. Um, it works drag in the pool works so well because what happens is, uh, the more arm turnover you have, the more you, if, if you do something like hand paddles, it slows down your arm turnover and you don't want to slow down your turnover too much because now you're getting kind of lazy in your turnover. You always want to have nice high turnover in the pool. You want to train that. Um, but if you do drag, then you can keep up the arm turnover, but now you're having to pull harder to keep going, kind of like riding your bike uphill. And uh, you have to you have to work harder, and that seems to work really, really well. And there's all kinds of cheap poor man 
methods that work really well. You can tie your ankles together. That's a tough one. Tie your ankles together and put a pool boy between your legs. That's interesting. Shove a towel down there between your ankles tied together, and that, that creates drag. And it just starts, you know, getting exponentially weird from there. <laughs> uh, inner tubes. Uh, Hella Fredrickson, who's a big deal, said she's going to tweet some pictures of how she does it on the Real Starkey uh, podcast uh, website. There's Greg Bennett showing how to do the inner tubes and the towel between the ankles to create extra drag. And in the end, uh, oh, I've got um, surgical tubing. You can buy this that stretches like a big rubber band. You can tie to the end of the pool, and it creates resistance as you try to swim to the other side. Um, we did that a lot when I was on high school swim team. And the um, man, I'm super stoked because this this swim parachute's only twenty five thirty bucks, and it seems to be you you just strap this thing around your waist and start swimming and it creates drag and it's that simple and it it kind of barely gets in the way of your kick it seems like something you could get used to just your foot touches the cord every once in a while and the parachute's actually pretty small because you don't need much in water to create drag and the um it follows you everywhere you go, so you can create drag all you want. And then when you want to take it off, you just unclip it and go back to normal. So now you're practicing. You're able to practice your high turnover, your body position, and all that stuff without having to tie your ankles together and getting weird with it. And I'm super stoked to have this thing delivered in just a couple days and try it out and bring it to you on next episode. And then, uh, let's see, upcoming races is uh, Ironman Canada, July 24th. is the next big race after Galveston. Um, I'm doing some minor stuff in between, which will be fun for show content. And then also, we are signed up for Uberman, which is a 21-mile open ocean swim from Catalina Island to shore, then a 400-mile bike ride, and then the run is starting at the bottom of Death Valley, run up to Mount Whitney. It's the Badwater 135 uh, course, uh, all in a row. So it's going to take like five, six days. Um, I'm on that. That still seems to be happening um, as long as my foot uh, keeps healing. <laughs> we'll see. And as long as this thing actually goes down, it's pretty insane. And yeah, I'm always looking for sponsors to help us uh, get through that. Cause that's going to be expensive. And speaking of sponsors and speaking of heat, death Valley, summer coming, Texas, salt, 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 and it is going to get crazy this summer. And I got an email from salt stick that is super cool. I'm really stoked about this. Um, let me see. Yeah, they gave us a discount code too. Saltstick wants to uh, be a sponsor on Zentribe. And I love this because I love keeping uh, food, hydration, and salt, electrolyte, sodium, all that stuff separate. And that way you can uh, take the take what you need. See, there's a problem. One time I was uh, riding with uh, Morgan out in the desert in the mountains with mountain bikes, and he was getting sick because all he brought was Gatorade. So, the, But he's thirsty, right? So the more he drank the Gatorade, the sicker he was getting because it was too much uh, food. But he needed water, but it was making him sick because it had sugar in it, right? Well, if and I was <laughs> sitting there drinking my water, <laughs> looking at him as he was getting sicker. I'm like, got a problem, bro? <laughs> and uh, we'd been bushwhacking, uh, making our own trails up the sides of mountains out in the California desert. I mean, it was crazy. That was such a, I'll never forget that example and the look on his face uh, when he realized that he couldn't drink anymore without getting sick. And we're out in the desert. Oh my gosh. And we needed help. So, um, the same thing happens with salt. 
If you keep your sodium separate from your water and your fluid, then uh, you can actually get sick of your of what you're eating or drinking because there's too much salt in it or not enough salt in it, right? So salt stick is awesome because you can just pop one of these uh, little capsules whenever you want. And they have these cool little dispensers so you can take it as needed. Um, yeah, sure, you could put some salt. Go ahead and have some salty stuff mixed up. But then this is on top of that um, to go along with the summer and I'm super stoked. Uh, there's stuff on the way. I've used it before, and um, I used it so much, I finally, after a year or so, finally broke my little dispenser, uh, the little salt stick dis- dispenser, and uh, didn't uh, go get another one, which I feel stupid because the th- stuff really works. And it's super handy. You can see pictures of Maca using it, uh, winning uh, Kona, and just their list of sponsors, Greg Bennett, um, their list of athletes. It's just crazy, 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 crazy. All the people that use this stuff. So I'm super stoked to be on that bandwagon that they contacted us here at Zentri. That means we're doing something right. So check out Salt Stick. And they have a discount code. You can get 25% off all their stuff with Zentri25, all caps, Zentri25. Gives you 25% off all Salt Stick products purchased through their website at shopsaltstick.com. Dot com. I can't wait to get that. That is awesome. Okay, now let's go ahead and rock and roll with Jesse Stensland. Super awesome triathlete and all around uh, brilliant, I like to say, because I've hung out with her. She is smart and she knows what she's doing and she's been all over the world and is now going to talk to us about our feet and how to keep them healthy and strong. Super cool. Here we go. Welcome to the next level. All right, I am here with Jesse Stensland. Jesse, I, I feel like we've spoken recently. Is that? Hmm. It's never a bad thing. <laughs> the more, the merrier. So we, we had have a, spoken. We yes. had an hour and a half long interview day, and I sat down to. I don't know what you would call it, process it or something like that, and uh, to put it out as a podcast. And your voice sounded fantastic, and I sounded like a chipmunk. And <laughs> I, I have no idea how software can do that. That's really bizarre. To be recording one person faster than the other at the same time is really odd. So I, uh, I updated Skype, uh, rebooted my computer uh, several times. Uh, it seems to be working, so... We're keeping our fingers crossed. Can I ask you, was it was it my normal talk, your chipmunk talk mm-hmm. fast and then a delay and then I talk again? Or was it like you talk fast, I talk regular, you talk fast, I talk regular? Um, your, yours was totally normal timing and it seemed like mine uh, did chipmunk and but as a response to your talking. So it didn't speed up everything of mine, even the pauses. It just sped up when I spoke. It's so frustrating. I went back to the raw file to see if it was like that, and it was like that, because I thought maybe I could salvage it. And and then last night, uh, we were gonna call each other, and then I got my times mixed up, and I literally fell asleep within moments of of emailing you. Hey, I think I got the time messed up, and then I I just like passed out, because I'd been training all, all morning whatever. So I saw these messages from you like, Hey, are, are we on? <laughs> Hello? But you're, you're up in, uh, you're in, you're in Seattle, right? I'm in Portland, Portland. Oregon. Sorry. I keep getting that messed up. I'm so far away from there. I get them mixed up. I know. 
Yeah. PNW. And uh, and I'm down here in Texas. So why are you up in Portland? I am in Portland for a couple of reasons. The key inspiration was that I'm now sitting as we speak uh -huh. uh, in the Freeton Design Studio in a uh, little suburb outside of Portland, uh -huh. uh, where Mike Freeton calls home, who is a veteran in the footwear innovation industry, uh, 30 years in the making, and he has great ideas about feet and dynamic footwear and, and innovating that. So I uh, connected with him thanks to one triathlon connection, Nicole DeBoom, who put me in touch with Steven Sashin at Zero Shoes, who mm -hmm. said, you got to talk to this guy, Mike, because he's talking the same language about feet and footwear. And so when we talked, he said, why don't you come out, see what I do, see what you're doing, where we can help each other. Um, and ultimately what it came down to is we're creating uh, my vision for a cycle, cycle footwear, let's call it, uh, that might be more foot healthy. So I've been doing that since uh, December here with him. The second answer is also that I have learned in all my travels that I love green life, forests, and even if it has to come with the rain, I've decided, I've, turns out I love it. So you cannot have this green lush life and trails and old growth forests without rain. And so hence I've decided I love between here and I've spent a lot of time up in Squamish, British Columbia. Uh, I'm in love with that landscape. Um, and this is the closest I can be with a vibrant city life to, yeah. to up there as well. So I'm happy to be here as well for that reason. Well, when, growing up, I grew up in um, East Tennessee, Alabama, Northern Alabama. It's really green. I mean, unbelievable and i remember how many 80 inch rainfall a year it was real nice and then even in, in houston in northeast it's pine forest thick pine forest um and then when i moved out to where i am now it's prairie and it makes me nervous i don't like it at all the trees need to be bigger and mm. uh dry i do like desert dry landscape but i like to kind of visit and get out <laughs> <laughs> i feel like with green like it's like a blanket it just feels yeah. comfy so Birds chirping, squirrels running around. You just have friends everywhere. It's it's yeah, yeah it's a little different. No, what we have here is we have buzzards that circle overhead. <laughs> <laughs> and my son goes, why are those birds doing that? And I said, son, a cycle of life. There's probably a dead animal over there. That's why. And there's no trees and yes. it's dry here. And you can see the buzzards for a long time. So, yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. I, I have a better feeling about that. I'm reading a book called Mind of the Raven. Uh-huh. Oh, Minds of yeah. the Raven. Yeah, and it's going inside as to their movement patterns, why they do things, and they you really personify individual animals. This one happens to be the bird, the raven, uh -huh. and why they would do certain things. And he's even placing kills out so he can study how long it takes them to get there, whether when they come, uh -huh. whether they take the message back and bring a whole group, or they they have the vagrants who you know yeah. come and steal. <laughs> and it's really fascinating. And I love reading stuff like that because I'm one loving more and more our our yeah. tendencies towards animals as well and knowing a bit more about them so i can understand that a bit more but right, here's kai wait who's there they just came back hi, from a kai. trip hello kai nice to see you hey, hi emily ah oh, super to see you and i saw your mountain bike best parents in the world oh wait hold on she said she saw let me put oh. it on i said best best parents in the whole world <laughs> pretty awesome <laughs> we had a great time are you good yes I'm great, thanks. It's good to see you. you. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's very bright. I love your color happening here on Easter Sunday. It's oh, very, yeah. Cone, can you see Kona? He keeps knocking us down. Oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> He's very good. Oh, guy. super fun. And you guys are good. Active, as always. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right. Oh, good hug. Thanks. <laughs> What's up? Hey, there you are. 
Well, it turn, <laughs> turns out pulling the headphones out just cuts all the sound out of Skype forever until you reboot your computer. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, no, uh, I was saying Kai is an incredible mountain biker. I had no idea. I knew he'd be pretty good, but I said, you know, we're going to ride together. And, you know, uh, Emily hasn't ridden in forever. And so Emily was used to be pretty good, but hasn't ridden in forever. And I've been training my butt off, you know, on the bike. And, uh, and so I said, you know, you keep up with mommy and, uh, and I'll, if I get a far head, you know, I'll wait over an hour and 15 minutes. I couldn't drop him. And he's 11. Wow. Yeah. I was, wow. But then I thought back, um, uh, you know, like, uh, this week, um, because we talked once before I sent you, uh, uh, every time I ran across anything barefoot or anything, I was sending you pictures of you know, kids. So there was that little girl on the push bike barefoot. And, uh, mm-hmm. when Kai, as soon as he could get on a push bike, which was like a, probably not even two years old, he had a push bike. Uh, we took him off road, like mountain biking in the forest. So he's been mountain biking since he was two. <laughs> <laughs> lucky kid yeah oh, just off, man. well we don't have great trails around here or anything but at least we try you know so yeah 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 well so, done yeah that's what that's all about. yeah it's much better than getting on the bike at 32 <laughs> to start you have to really catch up after that yeah so that's that's really cool to start okay I'm so excited. what does that mean what what is he going to do with the mountain is it just a fun thing is, is there races for him does he want what what's What's he going to do with it? Um, he is on a triathlon team, and right. they do winter cycling. And um, they also do cyclocross, but that would take even more time away. He already plays soccer, a little bit of basketball, and uh, what other sports does he play? Well, the triathlon team, you know, it's swim, bike, run. It's like spring and summer. Right. And so he's doing enough. <laughs> uh, okay. It's got us tired, so we're just like, um, but... With the mount, the the high school, the middle part of the middle school, like the higher grades in the middle school and the high school has a mountain biking club, and we just had some trails open up near us a couple years ago, and that's where we went riding. And um, he loves the outdoors, so I was thinking um, he's so he was exceptional at mountain biking that um, uh, we immediately started saying, "Man, you need to join the mountain bike team." You know, next I think it's next year where he can join that. That would be really, really cool because I think that's great stuff because it gets you outside in the woods, you know, and on trails. Yeah. Uh, a reason to, you know, because you have to travel. We got mm. the one place that's near us, but anything else, you kind of got to travel a little bit, so it's special. So you got to go out of your way to do it. Um, mm. It's not like where, like you are, a lot of people live where there's just trails easily accessible everywhere. Sure. Um, out here, um, it's all football, basketball, and um, ranch land. That's all privatized. So there's just mm. not, if there's a park with trails, it's a sidewalk and it's a half a mile long. So sure. people get outside and they look at nature, but they don't do nature. <laughs> Interact. Yeah. yeah. Different, eh? Yeah. But you know, it's cool that you just give, especially kids in their critical time, just just that much that they know it's there. Mm-hmm. So they can just end on the road what they want versus not knowing at all. Or So good on you to yeah. let it, you know, give them the option to know it. Um, let's turn off the video for a second, up the sound quality. It got sketchy there. Let's see if it sounds any better. How about now? Okay. Oh yeah. It cleared, it cleared up. Okay. So, um, so what's going on? Well, you, you were a pro triathlete for how many years do you think? Do you know? Yeah. 2000, 2010. Okay. Let's say officially. Mm. 2000 to 2010. I had a little, 
Yeah, I had a little lapse uh, in there, like around 06, 07, took a little time off, but yeah. I officially was, yeah, re regained my status, so, and uh, 2010, 10 years. And then um, you helped out at Zentri Base Camp at least once, was it twice or just once that you came? I think it was twice. Yeah, and when you when you did those camps with us, um, it was so cool seeing you with the TRX and the... Uh, all the, the strengthening stuff that you could do. And you already then had such a strong focus on the feet. And that was uh, really cool. Kind of uh, led you to where you are today. And I got to say, Jesse, like uh, one thing that really stands out about your character that was so cool was um, it must have been around 2011 or 2012. I don't know what it was, but you were in a, you were in a race and somebody got injured towards the end, and you got off your bike and helped them, even though you would have won or you would have beat them. Do you remember who that was or that mm -hmm. race? Oh, yes. That was Heather. Uh -huh. I'm blanking on her last name right now. Heather up in Portland. It was actually Xterra Portland up here. So it was an Xterra. Oh, uh, yeah. You did a bunch of Xterras. Really yes. Good at those. I, raced, I raced quite high and elite, but not pro Xterra, but up through uh -huh. 2012. I ended up at uh, World Champs in Maui and all that. That was awesome. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, in that, those circles were a little longer than than my road triathlon as well. Mm. But yes, that was uh, an awesome experience that happened. And that was actually 2010. So what, happened. what happened? She crashed on her on the bike or, cra or tripped while running or something or what? Ooh, yeah. No, short story is she was uh, definitely ahead through the run. Oh. It was hot, hot, hot. It was summertime. It was August. And as I was coming through one of the later aid stations, someone said, you know, you can get her. She's not looking too good. And I tell you, that freaks me out every time since that someone has told me that because by the yeah. time I, I saw her around the corner ahead of me in this tall grass, she was kind of on her, like hands on her knees and I saw her and by the time I came up to her, she was out, gone, cold, on oh. the side of the trail, unresponsive. Oh. And um, a little bit, like a teeny bit responsive, like her eyes, but like pick up her hand, it drops right to the ground. No no communication. Oh, I, was freak, I was freaking out. No one was really around. Um, the volunteers were quite far away at that point. Started yelling um, and, you know, trying to get attention. In the end, uh, she, she was suffering from heat, uh, potentially up to heat stroke. She basically needed her body temp down in water after a while at the hospital. Yeah. Um, so to see that in action was wild. Um, yes, she was in the lead. I would have been second. It's just uh, saw people coming by. There's only so much you could do, right? But by the time they got her in control, uh, the race was over as far as I was concerned. What a great day we had had, a great competition. My, I felt great. Mm -hmm. Heather, you know, keeping by her side. By the time, like, they got her off the trail, um, the closest thing for me to get back to the finish was to run to the finish because it was very close. Yeah. So I did that. And um, <laughs> The cool part was us being both single single people um, without family or friends there with us. Um, he, the race director, Robert, or just said, hey, do, do you stay with her? Hop in with her, of course. Her husband's far away. and Anyway, then ended up seeing her through all the way to the hospital and seeing her revive, like literally a flower come back to life. It was crazy. Um, and we've been friends since. And it turns out we had a mutual friend as it was, a really, really good friend in work. So um, that was, it was just a great experience to see what the body in that situation can do, what you want to avoid as athletes yeah. not having it do for the sake of a race. Um, yeah. And certainly knowing there's just a the big message was that it's, there was so much more than the finish in these races. So yeah, I had a great time, have a great friend, and everyone's okay after all. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's I crazy. just, you know, I guess the big message was that everyone said, oh, that was amazing. You did that, right? And the point was the experience was amazing, but the, come on, it, it wasn't amazing to stop. It's, it's that, that whole message. It's human. It's, um, and it's like, <laughs> there's just so much more to racing than that. And that's why I always did it. So.
All right, let's take a break from talking to good old Jesse here and drop in a sponsor message. This sponsor message has brought to you, brought to you by, let's see, Living Fuel. Man, livingfuel.com. Go check them out. They make a ton of different stuff. I'm looking at some right here in my car because I'm a real triathlete and I do real stuff. Let's see. I've got Living Fuel, Living Protein, the ultimate plant protein fiber blend. Turns your favorite juice or smoothie into a meal. So it's this canister, you know, it's kind of big. And I just walked right into the locker room at the pool. And after I got uh, done swimming and I made up my uh, water bottle that I had for my swim, I uh, just dumped some of this in there and then had a protein drink after my swim. Works like that. This one tastes kind of vanilla, vanilla-ish. It's really good. So go check them out, livingfuel.com, sponsor that seeked me out and wanted to work with us. Oh, they have uh, Living Fuel Superberry and all oh, the super greens. Man, proteins are the building blocks of life required to virtually fu- every function in the body. You hold in your hands the most sophisticated protein powder in existence! Exclamation point. Check it out. It's got L-leucinine. I'm not going to name this stuff. I'll get it wrong. Okay, anyway, Living Fuel is super cool. Go check them out. No discount code. Because everything they have is awesome. You don't need a discount code. It's awesome as it is. Go check it out. Living Fuel, Living Protein. Also, uh, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned Salt Stick, which I'm so amped about. Because now they're tweeting about Zentry. (laughs) It's so cool. I love it when a sponsor starts tweeting about about me, about us here at Zentry. It's so cool. uh, But I forgot to mention that uh, their discount code... Uh, Zentri 25 um, doesn't work outside the United States. So you're going to have to get your discount on salt equivalents uh, some other way. Order it. Have it sent to uh, the president at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and then tell him by Twitter to bring it to your house. All right. That's it. Uh, Let's go ahead and hop back and talk to Jesse some more about our feet. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. um, Gosh, we, we talked a little bit about me doing the Rocky Raccoon. I was trying for the 100, and I did the mistake of trying to set a time goal. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, I had to drop out. And what happened? I had to drop out. It, it was too hot. And um, yeah. uh, I ended up with rhabdo. I went to the uh, emergency room a, a few days later because Emily was so concerned. She just wanted to get me checked out. And mm. they said, if your levels of, I guess it's of protein or bloodstream or whatever it is, or like this today, three days ago, it would have been just off the charts. So, and they gave me, even if, even though it was two days later, they gave me two bags of IV or maybe it was three. Um, cause I was still dehydrated. So true. yeah, what we can do to ourselves out there is just crazy. It's nice to it's have people true. help out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, uh, yeah. after, after Xterra, you went on a world tour, Jesse's world tour, you would kind of <laughs> like disappear and then reappear. So where, where were the different places you went? Yeah, 2000 uh, started at the end of 2012. Uh, I went first to Colombia for two and a half weeks over the holidays, uh, but that brought me. That was a round trip straight back to uh, New Jersey, where I I had left some of my stuff with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went the one way ticket uh, to start the real travels was to South Africa and Stellenbosch with yeah. my mountain bike, another bike, or sorry, my mountain bike and a bag. Left a bike and a bag at home and. Um, 
if those who don't know, Stellenbosch is like the sister city to Boulder, Colorado in South Africa, where a lot of the athletes split time. It's nestled against the mountains near the coast, uh, wine country, just an absolutely beautiful place and a no brainer for me to go, um, check out and have a few friends there to start. Did you ever uh, run into South Conrad Stoltz while you were there? Did you ever oh, see yeah. him around? It's a very small town and yeah. Conrad's there, his wife, Dan Hugo was the one who really took me under his wing a bit uh, to get me settled there yeah. um, as well. But I, I knew at least about 20 people, you know, from, from having seen them on the circuit or at Kona mm -hmm. or uh, anywhere that, but Conrad, yep. Conrad uh, puts in some good miles and training at least those years. I'm not quite sure what he's up to right now. But what was your but, goal um, for going to, for going to Stellenbosch? What were you looking for there? Ooh, right. So when I simple, I did the whole simplify life, wanted less mail coming to my house, junk mail, wanted less accounts, wanted less credit, got rid of credit cards, wanted all that stuff in life. Yeah. Um, the actual decision to then go to Stellenbosch was that I, uh, was that I knew that I was as close as I would ever be as I was kind of on my way out of triathlon circles and not mm -hmm. going to be the closest I ever was to some uh, friends so far away and to get such an inside uh, view on that world uh, in, in a very homey, uh, friendly way. So I went there because of that. But the ultimate goal at that point was nothing. I, I, well, I'd say nothing. I liked the term incidental education. Mm -hmm. I actually wasn't sure what I was going to learn on these travels. Uh, and that's what I did. I kind of just let the world speak to me by putting myself in different locations, little different activities, different trails, different people, different cultures, different food. And that ended up being the theme of my whole um, wow. next few years. Just which straight up wanderlust. Just wanted to cruise. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Absolutely. I had you know, saved, saved what I had in money. Didn't have to worry about that for a little bit. Living very frugally as it was. They took such good care. Never paid for accommodation in Stellenbosch and in, out in South Africa there. which And the food was so cheap that my money went a long way. Yeah. Which meant uh, lived like a, able to, yes, be a wanderer for quite a little while. Wow. Um, That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Great. The biggest thing of which I guess actively came up is I, I got a lot more off-road uh, than the mountain bike or the trails, got on the rivers, got water, um, a bit more on the water, understanding water, whitewater kayaking, canyoneering, which in South Africa they call kluafing, but uh, I've done it now in the States and other places. But when you, you traverse basically water flowing on the planet, which ends up being swimming at times over rocks at times, rappelling down waterfalls at times, basically just it, different exposure for the body, the mind and movement and everything. But in terms of the natural environment, which was awesome. Wow. So got a little more uh, capable in that way wow. in these travels. Cool. Uh, okay. Mm. So after that, where did you go? Oh, so after that, I, I, I pretty random, I came back to the States and I went to Tahoe, went with some friends on a sailboat for 10 or 11 days down mm -hmm. um, and sailed. I then went back over to Europe, uh, had met my boyfriend at the time was in South Africa. And so he met me up in Norway, Austria, Italy for a little bit, ended up back in New Jersey to see family, then to Boulder to say hi to my brother. And then the big thing was we ended up in British Columbia uh -huh. and that stole my heart, stole my heart. Uh, a, play, a little place called Squamish, British Columbia, uh -huh. um, just north of north of Vancouver, south of Whistler, on the way up to Whistler, um, outdoor recreation capital of Canada. Everything by foot you can access. Nine or ten world class um, uh, world class activities out outdoor recreationally. By like I said, by foot in this small town. And since then, I also then spent, that was one summer, and then the next winter after that, I spent in Costa Rica for six months, worked on the beach at a multi-sport shop with uh, mountain bike trails and hiking trails in the backyard and the ocean mm -hmm. in the front. 
So you and slowed, made my way back to down in Costa Rica. Yeah. You slowed way down. <laughs> <laughs> you got that gist, yes. Yeah. In more ways than one. Yeah. Mm. Costa Rica is like I that, live, right? Yes. Yeah. Not only are they just chill. I lived. I lived by foot and by bike and by water, just four or five kilometers of my for you know yeah. down the road for almost the whole six months, save for a couple adventures here and there. And the adventures were more. I say benign or chill. It was a mild adventures. Mm -hmm. So even the adventure side, I got to chill out, chill out a bit and, and slow down, watch the hermit crabs, the monkeys, the yeah. fish, um, instead of screaming down the crazy glacial water, water of, uh, BC. And Costa and Rica, like you're laying in your hammock, somebody offers to, you know, push your hammock for you. You have to say, Whoa, oh my gosh. Whoa, I'm trying to slow down here. I can't be rocking. <laughs> Don't rock the hammock. Have you been? Do you know, uh, to, to there, no. But I've, I'm I'm a big surfer that I've learned. I've seen all these videos about it. Yeah, I've met lots of people been down there. Oh, I used to listen to a podcast that was, um, gosh, for a couple of years trying to podcast from, and that was an adventure. Mm. The, them talking, they were from Wisconsin, and they were trying to, <laughs> they were talking about how what it was like trying to get the basic necessity. Yeah, they've got quite a mix there now. If you want to be off the off the beaten path, you can still do it there, although their infrastructure is, of course, quite well. If you want to be a super tourist and have just sunshine and not much different than the States, you can do that as, as well there. Uh, it's true, and everything in between. So um, they've, got, they've, still, they've got a little bit of everything. They're doing a really great job at that. So I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, I used to follow some uh, like raw vegan like YouTube podcasts or YouTube, uh, and they'd end up in places like Coaster, and they would show... Mm. And Hawaii and stuff like that, and just kind of show the the terrain, just walking around, picking up for oh, just relax. Tell you. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, I do have to say, if anyone's interested, because I know you have uh, active listeners, uh, the place I worked and a little town I, I worked in, which is is actually a uh, being built by a a guy from Atlanta named Charles Brewer, uh -huh. uh, who has quite the history and is quite the adventure athlete himself, uh, whitewater kayaker, mountain biker, uh, triathlete, um, all of that. Uh, it's kind of with the look and feel of an Italian, um, Italian seaside village uh -huh. he's building in Costa Rica, but he wanted it to be all encompassed lifestyle getaway. So you've got homeowners that own, own homes there that you can, that are on the beach in a little, a little village, but behind, right behind your house trails as far as you'd want to go. And like I said, the ocean in front purpose built trails, beautifully built, um, sea kayaks, snorkeling, Santa paddle boarding, family style. So it's not crazy surf beach, actually. It's kind of quite a yeah. chill uh, beach with a couple islands, 800 meters off the shore, great for swimming. Huh. They hold an amazing triathlon there, I did, their off-road triathlon, uh -huh. which was 100% on trails uh, over a two- or three-hour period. It was a typical Xterra distance. Yeah. Um, just saying, for a getaway, uh, this place is called Las Catalinas. It's on the, the west coast, just south of Nicaragua. And the shop I worked at was called Pura Vida Ride. Pura Vida is obviously the Costa Rica's yeah, little that's the Costa Rica. saying, Pura Vida Ride. So yeah. PuraVidaRide.com. And um, great little getaways for families and have active uh, active so adventure. But Emily wants to go, for well. us to go to vacation in Hawaii. I'd rather go to where you're mm. staying. Which one do you think is better? You're asking about Hawaii? Yeah. Um, or that, uh, I have to say, there's such options out there. Uh-huh for people to do what they want. Do you want to be chill? Do you want to be super active? Do you want to be something in between? Do you need both? Um, and uh, you know, to lump Hawaii into all of that, I'm not, I'm not sure. Right. Uh, yeah. I think they'd be quite, quite different. And it really depends on what ends up being within like five minutes to two hours away from you. So you don't have much travel to get to. 
that's the big thing, um, to a thing to look into a short answer, man, they're both amazing. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's it, true. I would just really, really look into what is, what's the, the amenities right where you're going to stay. If you uh-huh. wanted to not even get in a car or a bus and what's within a couple hours away, because, um, cause that will differ. And you just got to see that as much activity or as little activity as you want is going to be there. And that just changes these days. We have such options. So yeah, that's, true. that's all I have to say. There's, I would say either one, you're going to win, be winning guys. Yeah. So let's talk about your new adventure, where you're at right now in Portland. Yes. And uh, what led you there and what's going on? Did we, we still said some of this earlier on, right? Uh-huh. We're not missing that part, right? No. Okay. And I can go on beyond that. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I've always been a, a person who enjoyed learning about the body and movement uh-huh. and kind of on the forefront of, of movement based strategies for the body and, and triathlon performance going on 12 years ago now, which made my, my body a machine invincible and uh, without chronic pain or injury since that time in 2004, based upon putting the body first. And okay. So here we are 10 years later, 12 years later, and I've zoned in on the feet. It's true. Um, because that is a, such a frontier Whereas we've had other frontiers and, and, and focuses on our training and our performance from the core to the glutes, as you know, nutritionally, there's been different kind of focuses. And I think the feet is what, where a, a new frontier of, of super performance uh, is, has to be focused on for those who are really interested in getting everything out of their body. Right. And they're not only, it's not only about the feet. It's about the foot's relation to our whole body performance with all the sensory information that comes, all the muscles that are down there, the amount of, of stability and movement that it provides and takes on so that the rest of our body can do its job versus, you know, is, is just huge. And so they play a huge role in our health and our performance. Um, and that's what I'm focused on. So again, on the forefront a little bit. Uh, so I, when I launched, I launched a website called Feet Freaks. That's F-R-E-E, like free X. It's a little play on words, but feetfreaks.com. And the, the vision there was to twofold was to uh, educate people this time focused really on the feet and whole body well-being. Um, so for better use, uh, understanding of and use of the feet in daily activity, just like we do the rest of our body. Um, and a simple way for me to say that was imagine putting your hand in a cast more hours of the day than not. And if you were to take it out, how achy it would be more often than not. And so we've got it. It's a simple way to put, we're putting these soft casts or even in some cases, hard casts on our feet for many hours of the day and not using them. So again, the second to that though, was better footwear innovation that put the foot first, which obviously footwear in its history has not focused on putting the foot first. It's been a fashion manufacturing oriented industry. Um, understandably in some ways, if you look at the history, but we've just, we, you know, we send people to the moon these days. We've got to uh, think about the foot and wrapping the foot and securing the foot the way we have to putting its, its abilities first. So that led me to Portland and what I'm doing right now, again, twofold. Uh, and the, the website does talk a lot about that or the Facebook page, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what else do you want to know about that? Well, yeah, because I, like, uh, I think Da Vinci, said the human foot is one of the most amazing things ever, right? And then uh, with all the levers and functionality built into the foot, and then with just a little bit of protection at times from cutting yourself, the foot itself works just really, really well. And we spent all this time kind of like kind of like how to banish, and then we're finding out, hey, we need, <laughs> we've been <laughs> banishing our feet, you know? 
let's give nature a chance. Let's give yeah. nature a chance. And nature is wonderful. And, uh, and, uh, we need our feet. And, um, I've done the whole thing where I, I used to do barefoot running a lot and really fell back in love with it. And, um, it actually made me fall in love with running, running barefoot. Did. Up until then, I was really struggling running, enjoying, it, and then running barefoot made me love it. I love the different, you could feel the different temperatures. That's what I really liked as you run um, through shade and then out into the sun again. And it cleaned up my, um, my uh, running, my foot contact. Um, I realized uh, without shoes on that I was twisting my foot. And when I pushed off, and it was making, um, if I ran without shoes, burned the bottoms of my feet as I twisted and mm -hmm. um so running without shoes taught me how to how to um do that and then uh how to run better and uh, yeah I just had some some really fun adventures um running without shoes entirely and it, enough to where it cleaned up my running technique and very rarely since then have I had foot problems um but you're looking at um maybe doing something with cycling shoes right correct yeah. Um, and segue into that, I just want to say we did have that boom in the running, which did a lot for foot and foot function. Uh -huh. But just to, to, to make it clear for everyone, this isn't about zero to 60, right? It's like walking in your, with your feet uh, oh, in your yeah. grass, on your rocks. You know, it's just there's so many things to do to get the foot able to handle your own body weight. Uh, walking upstairs through the big toe without limiting it through the feet. And uh, like you said, different sensory, different temperatures, body temperature, thermoregulation, uh -huh. um, and foot function, simply walking. And then up to that, how about hiking, you know, and then maybe hopping, skipping, jumping a couple times. Um, so many things to do on the way up to then being able to run if you so choose, which I love to do I, yeah. with my whole foot. Um, <laughs> but I like to just lay that lay that out there for people. There's there's just so much to do. And you're going to read more of that if you hit our site or any really any of the uh, what one of our jobs, my goals is with the Facebook page, especially keep fresh content coming about, about people talking about the foot this way and giving you strategies and breaking down social barriers and norms as to um, kids being able to go barefoot more often as they like and not worry about what people say and all that stuff. So just if you want a source, uh, if you're those out there listening, source to kind of start thinking a little bit more this way about how you might incorporate the foot, um, mm -hmm. that's what we're here to provide and help with that and start that trend going again in more lifestyle-based daily stuff uh, than just, you know, just, just thinking you got to go out and run as well. But yeah, that's a good Glad point. You had that because when people, yeah, they say, "Oh, start running minimalist shoes and barefoot." Well, they do too much too soon. Um, because yeah, there's this whole other just area of being just barefoot more often without running. I'm barefoot. Mm. I just realized I'm barefoot, right? <laughs> I'm sure you are. Awesome. Are you barefoot? Yeah. 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 Of course. And um, we just did a great. Yeah. Go well, for it. Well, it's just um, the amount of times that you be barefoot um, all the time. Just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, now what about, what do you know about people picking up? I found that running barefoot, I hardly ever like, got any, I never got any kind of cuts or broken glass or anything like that. But what about cleanliness and people's fears of stepping on things and getting, uh, getting cuts or getting an infection or something like that? What, what's been your yeah. experience with that? I, for, for one, I haven't had a problem with it. Mm -hmm. I, that said, I understand that it is just what it is. It's, it's a fear. Mm -hmm. And it's the unknown, and it you can lump it all into uh, any fear that you might have that you simply don't know, and mm -hmm. you and and just to be fearful, just because not even knowing is 
is pretty, is something you have to decide personally that you know enough about or get educated enough about or don't want to be fearful just because of, because the fact is it is just in your head. Um, right. I mean, I'm talking about people just all of a sudden say, you would think the world is covered in shards of freshly broken glass. (laughs) If people see my foot, they, and, and truth, it's, it's amazing. We, it just isn't. So yeah. right there, it gives you a perfect idea of a construct built in people's minds. We have to break down this, as Dan Edwards would say, architecture of fear uh-huh. that we have in so many ways um, to, to be able to let our whole body work. And that's just not feet. I mean, we can take that to kids climbing up on things as little kids, getting to know what they can do and what they can't do. Simple as that. You're, and, you know, it's, it's, it's this architecture of fear. So to, back to your point, um, increasing awareness of how you're moving your body in space, which means you actually look where you're going. Mm-hmm. I come across glass on the road, but I walk around it <laughs> because I don't want to step on it. I mean, what's your I'm technique? Just, well, I go around it. Yeah. I um, mean, oh. and, and, and truth be told, I mean, get yeah. this. I, this is a quick thing about glass. I've realized, and I stepped, actually, I stepped on something the other day because I wasn't looking where I was going with uh-huh. my feet. I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, it was a quarter and a half size, like a, like a, a coin, quarter and a half size of a, of a, concave brown piece of glass with sharp ends but yeah. not so sharp they would cut me and that's to say i was like whoa i just totally stepped on that um it wasn't sharp enough to cut me it uh, and i have to say that when something imagine something drops and breaks everyone goes whoa look out mm-hmm. you know i mean in, in grocery stores in home at home and you, you you take time any glass that's been sitting around for any longer than that pretty much uh-huh. has been dulled to the point where not glass just doesn't kill you. All right, boom. I want to throw some 33 shake at you guys. This stuff's so cool. Let's take a minute to talk about them. Uh, the 33 shake gang was on a podcast recently uh, talking about, um, well, they had one of their athletes on the show, the guy that did 12, a 12 day long uh, triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Anyway, he managed to do it, fueled on 33 Shake. Uh, go check them out. It's a, oh man, I love the fuel. It tastes so good. It's got uh, coconut sugar in it, and it has real vanilla in there, and also um, chia seeds, which I've been mixing in with my fuel and uh, by hand, which is a pain in the ass. And they, uh, they work really, really well. See, if you do just straight simple sugar, then it acts too fast. And you skyrocket and then crash, skyrocket and then crash. And you got to slow it down just a bit so your body just doesn't burn through it too fast. And it's uh, really good for you. And you know what works really good for that is chia seeds. So if you get the try, uh, well, the discount code is in try33shake. Uh, but if you get the 33shake stuff... They have the chia seeds already mixed in, and then it's like the craziest high-quality ingredients I've ever seen. So go check them out. 33 Shake, the number 33, and Shake, and go uh, use discount code ZENTRY33SHAKE. I love these guys. They're super cool. And they, uh, they're working with Chrissy Wellington, which is super cool. She knows her stuff, so don't miss out on that. All right, let's get back to talking with Jesse. Well... But I think about the, uh, the other thing is, is what I learned was um, the more time you spend barefoot, your proprioception, pro, yeah, proprioception, uh, mm-hmm. your, the amount of millisecond you start to put your foot Ooh. down, 
and your reaction time of when you feel something kind of sharp and then you don't put as much weight on that foot because you felt something sharp. Actually, that time you learn um, how to walk barefoot without it, um, without cutting yourself or without uh, stepping on a sharp stone or something like that. And like, 100%. I, um, and, but then if you're wearing shoes all the time and then you start going barefoot, you, you actually walk really sloppy with your, with your, uh, uh, with your feet. And, um, I have a, I have the exact same story. I went running with a friend, um, years ago and I'd been barefoot running for a while and, uh, we did an out and back and we were running at lunch at work and we ran down the sidewalk and, and it was fall. And so I, I was running and we were chatting and, um, I, uh, heard something crunch under my feet and I figured it was dead leaves or something like that. And then uh, we turned around and we came back and <laughs> the sidewalk was just a mess of a broken bottle. And, uh, and I said, Oh my God, did we, did we, and it wasn't safety glass, you know, it was like, it was real like Ooh. shards of glass, but it was flat, you know, cause it had been, and uh, he said, uh, I said, did we just run through that just like a couple minutes ago? And he said, yeah, I was going to say something, but you didn't do anything. You just ran through it. So I figured we'd just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and yeah, it doesn't give you superpowers, but it it all it it intensifies your ability to um, uh, take weight off that foot and land more gently, which then in turn helps you run better with less impact. Brett, there are so many, so many, so many benefits just like that. Yep. Yeah, you've got increased neural connect. When you get that information from your body, not only you react quicker, as you said, because you get information quicker, your body gets a. Uh, the message quicker and it's been proven that our the messages that we get from that part of our feet and our hands our sensory organs like that yeah. uh, activate the stabilizer muscles in the body that we can't consciously activate we have to get this input in order to reflexively activate our core muscles our hip stabilizers shoulder stabilizers things that then allow us to say ah get me out of here quicker right because if our stabilizer muscles fire up with the message I can move my arms and my legs, my appendages, a lot more control and faster. And so just to got to drive that point home is that this information we get fires up these muscles you can't otherwise fire up. And we are really dumbing down our movement that way. And, and, and you're point, pointing a perfect example of uh, that proprioception, yes. but that, that muscular control, neural control we have. And, and I don't know about you, but I want that the rest of my life until yeah. I die. I want as much information and ability to move my body where I need to move it as quick as I need to move it. And this will help a lot. Yeah. that keeping this going mm. i agree well let's get back to your uh your website and your feet free yes on facebook what's going on tell me more so well yeah i mean i would h highly recommend if if you're interested whoever <laughs> listening to this conversation that you want to just have uh, people around and, and and to check out that which is that just at facebook.com backslash feet freaks uh -huh. or feetfreaks.com. um it's all it is is information right now uh and actually as far as footwear innovation goes my first project is is the cycle footwear because it's you know I, other I, other than the fact that I found 91 sports and activities that shoes and footwear is made specifically for these days. So I don't know if you remember, we used to just have one pair of shoes everyone did everything in back mm -hmm. in the 40s, 50s, yep. and now we've got every activity under the sun from parkour to ping pong to uh, skiing, of course, and, and uh, here we are at cycle footwear, yeah. um, which is my my love. It's the first footwear I realized I don't have. It's the sport I want to do every single day, and um, there is not one option on the planet of a performance competitive cycle shoe that has put the foot 
as far as I'm concerned, it's spade shape, which if it's a healthy foot, you might want to look at Kai's foot, where there's a straight line that goes from the center of the heel straight out to his big toe and his little toe. Um, the kids, you'll see it in kids. Adult feet, of course, have changed a bit, but the fact is I'm trying to get my foot function 100% back, mm. and there's a lot of reasons uh, why I would like to be on the bike, connected to my pedal, producing power, uh, but number one, my, my, my vision is to have... Um, a platform that allows my foot to splay under pressure, as feet do. They they want to as as you push down more and walking, hiking, running, the feet splay geniusly to give you more of a base of support. Your toes mm -hmm. spread, so you have a wider base to push from. Muscles can work, and I want that for myself on the bike. This is stemming from a very personal desire, which I hope for other people as well. Um, on top of that, though, the ability for the foot to move uh, more dynamically, even with the toes dorsiflexing throughout a sprinting motion on the bike, or I I'd like to see that. I'd like to just see the foot be able to do its thing uh, is, on the bike, and is, that's where we're making footwork. Is dorsiflexing flexing up or down? I don't know. Ooh, it's up. Oh. It's up. So, yeah. To my, or if I had a dorsal fin to that direction. <laughs> Dorsiflexion. Plantar flexion is when you push, you know, point, plant the foot on the ground, point, uh, plant, yeah. and then dorsiflex, you pick your toes up, which if anyone can envision, if you go to sprint mm -hmm. or pick up your hip flexor quickly, your toes want to come up as well if, they're, right if they're working. I bet you everybody listening is yeah. doing it right now. They're probably lifting their toes. Do it right now. Pick it. Now, you can easily not do that, but if you're under pressure and you look at any sprinting photo or mm -hmm. if we're on the bike, it's an interesting point to say, would that help? And that, that's what we'll be doing some testing on. If, if the foot is on the bike, um, will it increase our power production? Will it keep it the same? W will it not be enough stability? Do we need, like, potentially need that pressure yeah. that the shoe provides to push against or pull against? It's possible. But I would like to have that option to, um, to, to, do, to look at that. So we'll be looking at foot function on the bike um, so after, and a more dynamic. After you and I talked last time, the... Um uh, I just the next day I came across a thread on slow twitch where somebody was saying their shoes were too tight in the front or something like that. And then you, mm -hmm. I sent you that link. You hopped on there. Did that guy ever send you pictures of the shoes he made himself? You know, he didn't. Although I haven't checked the the, the wet this, I haven't checked the thread, but I haven't uh, gotten a message that he responded to me now. Um, but you it, know, it's it's just not that. It's it's really not that hard if you if you thought about it. If you wanted uh, to make something for the bike um, DIY, but I would really like to see something. Yeah. More. It's just, it's the world's too ready for it. I think people, like we were talking about, we're much more than just cyclists. We don't need feet shaped like a cycle shoe. I want to do a lot more things. And um, I, I, in, in an interest, in the interest and the passion I have to be a lot of things in life, a lot of ways to move. And um, I would like my foot to be able to have the freedom and on the bike as well. Yeah. And I what remember, do you think? <laughs> yeah. Talking about shoes for every sport, I remember when I started getting into, um, bouldering which is rock climbing and people use their toes like spikes and i was like another pair of shoes <laughs> mm -hmm. and then uh and then those shoes you talk about driving your toes into a point in the middle those were just terrible i was like i, I can't yeah. do this so i just wore just tennis shoes yeah and just did climbing you know remedial stuff which was plenty fun rather than pinch my toes up in this in the basically ballerina shoes which have got to be like the worst things ever for your toes yeah so the thing I have to say about that is that's a perfect example as well. These rock climbers revere this connection of their, their, their fingers, their hands, how strong they can get, right? They can practically do pull-ups with their pinkies kind of thing. Yeah. And yet, we've, and yet they don't revere the ability of this huge big toe we have to, and the intrinsics of the foot to do the exact same thing. It, it, it's really um, 
it's too bad. And I, to your point, doing a little bit lower levels of stuff, absolutely. Well, just like your hands have to toughen up, your feet would have to toughen up to handle not only get stronger, but tougher skin. And we, we don't, we don't let it do that. So we really think these feet are just this end that we should shut down. Yeah. And it's, it's, we, we need to start changing this thinking. There's, by the way, on Feet Freaks, if you're interested in seeing this, I have started a little thread I, I sometimes post called Go Feet. And I highlight barefoot things that feet can do. Not to say everyone should go barefoot all the time. I'm not trying to, but the point is if you can see what's possible, like rock climbing, I put three good posts up about these amazing rock climbers doing far more than either of us as normal people would ever. Rock you know. climbing barefoot? Oh, yeah. Holy crap. I mean, you got I got a, a an older guy who's been doing it all his life. There's a younger guy doing it across the world, everywhere, and because it's just like that, we it, you know you can argue at times you'd want a little protection, like we said, but to just shut down that those foot that foot function yeah. for an average person, the average person walks in a rock climbing gym and has to put those shoes on instead of like the kids starting at five four, you know, not five eleven, five uh -huh. four. That's the rock climbing, you know, um, why not give the chance for the body to do its thing, um, up to a certain level and then decide, well, then I need to put something on, but just to, just to put something on. Mm -hmm. It's like walking in and saying, you have to put gloves on. That's yeah. what's so crazy. We need to really, the more you learn about the feet, the more you realize that it's, it's similar yeah. to shutting down the foot. I always like function. to say it's like playing piano with, with gloves on. How much better would you play gloves off? Right. And what would you feel okay. between the keys? Oh my gosh. And to your, we, we mentioned this in our last hour conversation, but remember we talked about the push-up. So going back to the cycle shoe uh -huh. and what the foot is capable of. So for everyone at home, they can try this as well, but a perfect example of foot function and that splay and that strength to be able to, um, to, to, to express our, the forces that we have from our quads, our calves, our glutes, our, everything pushing down that pedal. If you think about a push-up and you put your fingertips together and your hand together, um, like a hoof and go down it like a hoof, right? <laughs> Fingers together, put, get on the ground and try to do a push up, and see how much of a challenge that is. See how hard your body has to work and then open up your hands wider, change nothing more and do your push up with wide hands and see how much easier, uh, and how much more forceful you can, you can be. And this is what we're talking about for the feet on the bike, pushing down every single time. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, like if you if you keep your hands if you keep your fingers together, it's almost like you're just pushing with your with your fists or with the stumps of your palms, and you get yeah. like zero stability. So then you have to try even harder. It sucks all the power out of you. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to point out: people tend to think about just the shape of the cycle shoe. There, uh -huh. in other words, pointy. And I'm saying about splaying and wide. The other thing I got to point out, and that's the one thing this this footwear will have as well, is just like this idea of zero drop running shoes. So people mm -hmm. have or heard that term commonly, even though it's it's being abused. I think in some shoes these days, with those toes still going up and whatnot, mm -hmm. the absolute flat platform. This idea, my foot has been deformed from a cycle shoe, not only with my toes, my own toes being squeezed together, but also pushing up in the lateral aspect of the, the, the foot, uh, which should be a flat, which is called the lateral arch. The outside of the foot should be a flat situ a flat, um, uh, anatomical shape should be flat. Yeah. And instead this, these shoes push up they do. Uh, in this arch yeah. shape, swerviness and, and, and our navicular bone, navicular, should I say that? I don't know. The fifth metatarsal, uh -huh. um, being pushed up at that joint in the middle, of that uh, lateral aspect of the foot, yeah. Uh, just, just complete, um, disregard for foot function in so many ways. So uh, my vision for, uh, a functioning, <laughs> uh, footwear that if you're, I'm going to say this and then if you get the picture and if you, you and your audience out there, um, would like to follow along with this, 
updates. Um, that's you can also find at Feet Freaks. But my vision would be this wider, more dynamic toe box, uh, a flat platform to push from, um, with my number one goal being foot function. My, my second goal being uh, power production. I don't want to absolutely power production. I don't want to um, eliminate at all. So my goal would be to have both of those happen. And on top of that, um, I have some other ideas. But, but yeah, this, it's about time to free the feet. But Jesse, I mean, seriously, if your shoes are wider at the front, that extra aerodynamic drag and a crap on, <laughs> it could cost you like 20 seconds on the bike. 20 whole seconds. Oh, my gosh. Right. What do you say? What do you have to say about that? What do I say to that? Absolutely. Um, okay. You ready for that? So uh, aerodynamics come into play at a certain speed. True. So does your ability to produce power. And there's a balance. You know, you have to realize the balance between the two. It's not one or the other. If you're going three miles per hour or 10 miles per hour, yeah. you know, it's not going to bother you as much as when you get up to, what is it, 22 or 25 miles per hour, right? right. Um, at the same time, you got to think about how much more power you'll have uh, per um, that you will get by giving up a bit of the aerodynamics. Yeah. So it's it's got to be your call at a certain speed, right? You're going to get more power. Your foot's going to be more ready to take on if you're a triathlete. Certainly the run afterwards mm -hmm. and how well you're going to feel to conserve energy, use the right muscles for the right things along the bike. That, what, one to seven hours on the bike, depending on your, yeah. your uh, distance or more. And how fresh your feet will be prepared to handle the splay of your run run shoe at the time instead of being cramped into a foot. So basically, it's a lot. It's a it is a something to take into consideration aerodynamics, but also your power production. Like we said, even the the ability for your foot to push down on the pedal and fire up your stabilizer muscles, keeping them active throughout your pedal stroke for all those miles before the run as well. I mean, you just got to think about all these things. Yeah, my uh, so when I get off the bike and start running, my toes are numb for about a mile or two. Yeah. Uh, because I have peripheral peripheral neuropathy, which is just nerve damage. Um, mm. So sustained pressure on the balls of my feet uh, make my toes go a little bit numb. And mm -hmm. uh, with classic cycling shoes, you know, you're forcing, you're focusing all that pressure with the pointed toes down there. And then uh, yep. I get off the bike and I can't feel my toes for a little while. And I don't realize it until I start to run. And then I'm trying to run mm. off my forefoot and there's, it feels odd because there's nothing there. And then after about a mile or so, uh, the blood flow gets back to where it's supposed to be. And then my nerves start yeah. working right. It's kind of a shame. Well, you know, we also talked about this last time. I don't know if you care to bring it up to some degree uh. right now, but we talked about plantar fasciitis and plantar uh -huh. fasciosis. Yes. And I might just want to drop that bomb for <laughs> those who might be interested in you again yeah. um, in this thing you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The idea being that uh, when your toes are stuck in that upward position for that long and mm -hmm. your big toe joint specifically, uh, but all your toe joints are, are pushed and kept and held up in that position. Yeah. Um, the, this idea that are, as you mentioned, you had started to train longer when that, the, your plantar fascia, your, right? Don't, don't want to put your words in your mouth, but you said yeah. you were, the one thing that changed was you were training longer for the ultra and then you're, yeah. And then you started to have a problem with the underside of your foot. And I pointed out that the, your longer training kept you in that position in the cycle shoe even longer. Yeah. And as Dr. Ray McClanahan points out, he does a great video out there on his Correct Toes um, YouTube page. So youtube.com backslash correct toes. And on there you can find a video that he questions and points out uh, the study. Well, he points out the study that was done that uh, all the plantar fasciitis cases that were then biopsied to see mm -hmm. what was going on with that tissue 
ended up being necrotic tissue or low dead. blood flow and yeah. dead tissue, which equals fasciosis, plantar mm-hmm. fasciosis, sooner than plantar f- and an inflammation, which plantar fasciitis infers. In um, in which case, shoes like that, perpetual over time, limit that blood flow and uh, wreaks havoc on this vibrant, healthy tissue we triathletes should be having, right, or could be having if we let it work the way it wanted to work. So that's yeah. a biggie. I went and after yeah. we talked, I went and checked out his uh, website, and uh, mm. I think it was his website. And yeah, because it's it's lacking blood flow and it's dying. That the <laughs> uh, besides fixing your shoes, the other thing for therapy is to uh, roll the bottoms of the feet with, for example, like a lacrosse ball or um, those balls on a balls on a rope uh, that yeah. you had a while back. I've got one yeah. under my left foot right now, and I've been while we've been talking, I've been uh, working my foot with it, and it's to stimulate blood flow, and blood blood flow repairs the tissue, and if, yeah. and uh, that's actually working really nicely. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just if you have to be in these shoes, you've got to take that into consideration until there's better footwear options for us. Um, <laughs> yeah. That you have to, yeah, you have to be proactive and reactive about that as you cycle a bit and. Uh, yeah. And run to make sure that blood can flow yeah. and keep it going. Because the body is great, right? The body will respond to what you're doing right now, even if you got to go ride for seven hours tomorrow. But yeah. um, best case scenario, we wouldn't have to deal with the both. We just could live well and train well instead of having to correct these problems. So that would be my goal. Mm. Cool. Well, have we missed anything? Have we covered it all? Gosh. I think we're only getting started saving the world. But, <laughs> but the world. I think we've done a good job. <laughs> you got a superwoman shirt you ought to wear. Uh, I, I'm just really glad to get the chance to talk to you and share yeah. with you what's going on and what I hope for the future. Uh, and there's a lot more where that's going to come from down the road. So I just hope we stay in touch. Yeah, we definitely will. Where do, um, where do people follow you? You said the Feet Freaks on yeah. Facebook. Yes, uh, the best the best the thing I'm updating the most is the Facebook page right now. Okay. Uh, Feet freaks. So that's you'll find it. F R E E X. Yeah. Um, that that said, uh, that's where the updates will be. Uh, I I had to get back on social media after all these travels. Right. That's not the easiest thing to do, but um, I'm doing yeah. okay at it. But I'm not the best at it. Um, that's the one place I can handle. Uh, I do have a. T- Twitter thing uh, going for feet freaks as well. I also um, on my own Instagram, I'm having a little bit of fun with that, although it comes and goes. Uh, Instagram, which is my Jesse Stensland, my name uh, uh-huh. is my account, and that's where I've been posting most of my like little movement challenges for myself. Keep the body going, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, in average outdoor places, most anyone can can handle with body weight things. So that's been fun too, and a little bit of foot function stuff. So you find find it there. Other than that, that's it. And oh, the the website has some really good just living information to have a look at. So about the foot, I did a, I did a very layman's terms, foot function, a little bit of a um, section on the site. So that's called the foot's blank slate. And I have to say, speaking of anything, the idea of the foot on my site and the reason that how I created the site to put the foot first, right. As it, as it is with what it's capable of and tell its story until I did my site, I hadn't found really another source that talked, didn't talk about the foot just in terms of injuries mm-hmm. and fixing them and footwear that would help them. So in terms of footwear and injuries, that's all the conversation we ever about feet. So instead on my site, it talks about what the foot just is capable of if given the chance. So it's a real neat um, thing to check out. Uh, I did a little short story uh, called Fred about Fred, who's I personified the foot, which is a really neat way to, see, to, uh, to get a concept, get the concept of what's happening with, 
down yeah. uh, in footwear if you have to. And then um, a lot of, quite a few blogs on there that point quite a few things out about that if people are interested. So that's another place, feetfreak.com for now. Yeah. Hey, I want to take a moment here to mention Chris Haig Racing. Man, Chris Haig, H-A-G-U-E. He's a good buddy. Uh, I mentioned on the show last time, hey, is Chris Haig still working with us? And he listens to the shows and tweeted out there, yes, I still work with you guys. I want to work with Zentri folks. And if you need coaching, let him know. Chris Haig, Chris Haig Coaching. He is just a really cool all-around uh upbeat, awesome, super smart, and fast. Holy crap, is he fast. Smoked me at the Galveston race twice. (laughs) And uh, just unbelievably good. A great runner, too. Went to University of the South at Sewanee. Um, I believe he lives out in the L.A. area now. And uh, I went running with him, um, was it last summer? I went running with him, and that was an adventure. And uh, just all around, super cool guy. Check him out, Chris Haig Racing. Google it. Let's let's try. Um, oh, I can't. I'm disconnected. Is it ChrisHaigRacing.com? Or well, anyway, just Google that, and then you'll find out uh, where he's at. Uh, love me some Chris Haig. All right, H A G U E. Let's get back to the show. Here we go. You know yeah. what? That's kind of a twist on um, on positive psychology. So I, I find this fascinating. Uh, psychology for decades, many decades, was um, focused on pathological thing you know the problems you know what makes a person a serial killer (laughs) what gives person psychosis what gives a person multiple personality disorder you know it's just a psychology was like a book of disorders and um, no one had ever studied until i don't know 15 years ago or so it's called positive psychology um Hmm. uh people that are doing well and how do they do it and so if you study people that are doing well and how they do it, you can actually stay away from a lot of problems because you see how they handle, like um, people that park far away from from the store that they're going into and walk, right? Mm-hmm. End up having mm-hmm. a lower body uh, body fat percentage, right? So yeah, it, that it's that kind of thing, right? You can study what actually works instead of what's broken, and it just turns oh. everything on its head, and it's really nice. So is that what you're saying? Kind of your website's like. Oh man, a hundred percent. And you know, the greatest, that's such a great way to put it in other terms. So many ways. Katie Bone is a great movement um, and all whole body well-being uh, resource, Katie Bowman, K-A-T-Y Bowman. And she calls it nutritious movement, uh-huh. for example. Just like that, you can't be healthy by eliminating things from your diet. You have to be healthy by putting things in your diet, if you know yeah. what I mean, sooner than eliminating. If you just eliminated stuff, well, good luck. You know, you need nutrients. So we need the same for our body. And um, But yeah, to your point, it's it's just like that. I mean, the, the foot, just like any body part, um, oh, yeah. loves that, needs to move. That reminds me of um, one of the most changed my view on everything. This was many years ago. I read a little nutrition thing, and it was like, don't focus on what not to eat focus on what to eat so don't don't drink a diet coke because it has um no calories but eat an <laughs> apple because it's full of nutrition and energy yes yeah and fiber so yes yeah yeah it's time we started yeah doing more of that <laughs> well cool jesse thanks for coming on the show yes and absolutely. i hope to talk to you um, soon if anyone wants to see exactly where I'm sitting right at this moment, uh-huh. uh, there's a great video on Mike's website, freetondesign.com. 
<laughs> and if uh, we're just going to start taking control over this footwear industry debacle <laughs> that's happening, which is really just very mainstreamed. It's like hard to make yeah. it, you know, go outside the box. Yeah. Um, but we're doing that here and there's great reasons why it tells a bit about what Mike's got going. So I'd, I'd highly recommend just zoning in a bit more as to the process. Cause we just, if something we wear every single day or most people do, um, just start to take a little more ownership, a little more awareness of it that you haven't thought of before and see what's possible. It's a, yeah, I would, I would check out Mike's little, uh, video that describes, um, what was his website? And not necessarily. So Freeton, sorry, F R I T O N design.com. Okay. And uh, it doesn't tell uh, what's on there right now is not everything about what we are doing together per se, but just to give you an idea that there's people out there that are, you know, tinkering and creating and that there's other options for us. Yeah. Anyway, and that's where I'm sitting right now. So outside the cool. shoebox. And he's right across. Yep. Out, think, there you go. Thinking <laughs> outside the shoebox. Cool. <laughs> Thank All you, right. Brett. Yeah. That's fantastic. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, Jesse Stenslin, for joining us on the show. You know, I was telling Jesse offline that I think we might even be related because we look kind of the same, except, well, she's far, I would say, infinitely better looking than me and also far uh, more athletic than I am. But besides that, <laughs> we're kind of the same. The facial structure seems to be kind of the same and uh, maybe from the same part of the country or something. But anyway, it's really cool to have Jessie on the show. I've hung out with her a bunch in real life and she's so inspirational and just just a total badass. And uh, anything she puts her mind to, she seems to uh, do really, really well. So we uh, wish her luck and then also are waiting to hear more about what happens with the Feet Freaks. So it's on Facebook. She said is the most active area, Feet Freaks, with, I believe it's uh, F-R-E-E-X, like free. And uh, go check it out. Okay, also, let's see, we have uh, cards and letters. Let's go ahead and read our uh, donations, notes, hellos from around the world, from our fans, and... If you uh, donate to the Zentri podcast on the left-hand side of the show page, zentrathlon.com, you can see a donate button, and you can do a one-time or a recurring, whichever you want to do. Um, I mention you on the show, and with your donation, uh, there's a space for you to drop a note, or you at least get my email address, and uh, I'll read your question on the air. And let me read this one. Let's see. We start off with Patrick. Oh, wait. I need to mention there's some there's some other news in the triathlon world. Uh, 70.3 Monterey, Mexico went down. And uh, Jody Swallow and James Kunama, Kanama, Kanama, <laughs> I always get that wrong, got engaged. And they showed off their pictures on Twitter. That was pretty cool. Uh, they are uh, big, big-time pros. This is where that saying, um, endurance, your ability in endurance sports is largely inherited how fast you're going to be, you know, like how fast you can run and bike and stuff. And um, if you're disappointed with how fast you are, well, then you should have picked better parents. Well, these are your parents. They're going to produce your next Olympians right here. Pro triathletes getting together and having babies. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I imagine there's going to be countries rushing in to claim where uh, kids like this are born. And... Uh, Let's see. Let's go back to our donations. Patrick Martin sent in a donation and also a note. Uh, Greetings from Germany. Just wanted to thank you for all your great podcasts you're doing. And in all caps, thank you for bringing Hornet Juice in all caps into my trainings. This stuff is awesome, uh, comma, dude. (laughs) And then one, two, three, 
four, five, six exclamation points. And then he put in parentheses because you like them. So if you send in a note, a card or letter with uh, email uh, with exclamation points, I always say the exclamation points because you don't know uh, unless I tell you that they how much they liked something and how many exclamation points they put. Okay, this stuff is awesome, dude. I said all oh, like six exclamation exclamation points, um, just like you said. First, I bought a ten pack. Now I need a sixty pack. I love it. And then there's literally so many exclamation points after this that I can't, he thinks I won't count it. But I'm going to count them. One, no wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, almost done, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight exclamation points. <laughs> and then he says, keep up the great work. Uh, you are doing for all of us with no punctuation after that. Uh, bye bye, all one word. All right, so Patrick's talking about Hornet Juice is this stuff that I think I've been selling on uh, Zentri almost since day one. They're one of our very first sponsors. And when you get Hornet Juice uh, through me, then I don't know, I get like five or 10% or something like that of whatever you buy. Um, and then you actually order it through me, and then I forward the order to Hornet Juice themselves, and they send it to you from New Zealand. So you get some really cool postage. And Hornet Juice is um, an amino acid uh, blend that's really easy to add to your um, to add to your fuel, and it's basically protein powder and uh, just a small amount, and it activates your uh, metabolism to burn fat, so you get extra energy for your workouts and. Not only does it work, but it really, really works. It works really well. And it's the coolest thing is it's a way for you to um, get something cool for yourself and support the podcast and also something to talk about, something that's interesting. Uh, so all around, it's it's a lot of fun. It's pretty cool. So again, Hornet Juice on the left-hand side of... Uh, no, uh, Hornet Juice is on the right-hand side. There's a logo for Hornet Juice of Zentrathlon dot com. That, that stuff's cool. Uh, okay. Ken Soderquist sent in a donation. Michael Radagna sent in a donation uh, and also an email. And he said, hello, Coach Brett. This is overdue, but the Hornet Juice did arrive and I love it! Exclamation point. Just like the testimonials you read on the show, this is awesome. I've only been using it on longer MAF runs. That's maximum aerobic function. I always want to say threshold. Maximum aerobic function uh, runs, and I feel like I could run forever. Thank you, period. Another question for you. Is there anywhere to get older Zen podcasts? The oldest ones on iTunes won't load, and the SoundCloud ones are limited. What? Uh, I've gotten almost through all of the available ones and would love to hear more, specifically the Emilio De Soto interview. Oh, yeah. That um, how to swim really long and the periodization 101 are of interest to me. Um, hope you are well and congrats on the Uberman invite. I've been invited to do Uberman. I won't talk about that here. Go, go Google it and prepare, prepare to have the top of your head blown off. Um, the, uh, okay, regards to Chad. So I've got a problem. I've got all these old shows. I want to put them up. Um, I've spent so much time over the years uh, producing podcasts and everything that I want the newer shows to be free. Uh, but then uh, to make something off the older shows, to put them behind a paywall, a not an expensive one, just a tiny, just the tiniest amount. But I don't know how to set up a paywall where just like you can get 
everything that's behind the paywall just for being a member. So if somebody can say, hey, yeah, there's this one website where you can just upload all the stuff, including giant MP, it has to include giant MP3 files, and then um, anybody can have access to it for either a one-time fee or I guess a recurring fee. I'd rather just be a one-time fee. And then they get a password, um, you know, for the year or... Uh, I don't know, something like that, but I need some help. If anybody knows a good way to do that, I've looked around and can't find a like FTP download site um, that's behind a paywall. Uh, instead, it's usually like one thing or two things or something like that. I want to put 500 things up there uh, and then have people download it. And then I can put stuff like, uh, um, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, PDFs about how to train and stuff like that up there too. I got tons of training tips I want to share. Okay, uh, another donation. Oh, email me if you have any ideas or Twitter at me. I'm Texafornia, T-E-X-A, Texafornia at gmail.com. Don't email Texafornia. Um, that girl gets tired of getting your emails. She emails me. Some, every, every time she gets one, she forwards me the email. She's really cute and because uh, her profile picture's in there. And I'm like, oh, who's this? And then it's like, hey, dick, <laughs> quit having these random people emailing me and i'm like change your email address i guess i don't know what to tell you uh okay so anyway uh another donation from james godak el Sonor, matthew heinz what's up dude jonathan woodman connor sanders what's going on hun chu what's up Hunt? i wonder how he's doing over in um where did he live singapore i'm trying to remember where he lived uh man it was hot and hilly um patrick martin brett with the coolest name in triathlon, Hoyer, uh, Daniel Clemens, Simon Wright, Matthew Biggin Aginnan. <laughs> That's the way I have it in there. Matthew Biggin uh, loved me mentioning his name on the last episode. So what's up, dude? You get double mentions. Triple Matthew Biggin. That's really his last name. That's really cool. Uh, Justice Phillips. Oh, man. Justice, what's up, dude? How are you recovering from the Rocky Raccoon? Hope your legs uh, feel good. And finally, Nicholas Callus and almost spelled like Cialis. Uh, from Nick, he says, uh, thanks, Brett, exclamation point. Uh, love the show. In my second year of triathlon, so I get to absorb all the info that would have taken me years to figure out on my own. Um, keep them coming and I'll be listening. Yeah, that's one of my main goals is, uh, you know, a lot of things we do in life, our passions are... Um, where we saw injustices in our own life and it bothers us and we want to fix them. Like in this new Boy Scout troop that Kai's in, I don't like how small they are. It bothers me. And a really good, there's a committee of adults. And I was at the committee meeting and they said, you should be on recruiting committee because you keep talking about this troop needs to be bigger. And I'm like, it does need to be bigger. <laughs> and uh, so things that bother you are really good for you to work on because you'll have passion to work on them. And what really bothered me was trying to figure out triathlon and how to do it um, because there's obviously ways to do it right. And the top 10%, let's say, at races are doing it right and everybody else is doing it wrong but we all want to do it right uh, so how do you do it and trying to figure it out let's say we were all as good as the top 10 percent well then you're talking about a world this is my vision a world where everybody is good at endurance sports and it's just moving forward it's not um, anything technically all that difficult it's just so many of us are doing it wrong and so as i figure out things 
I love to share them on the podcast uh, because I I don't want um, uh, yeah it's it's fun to be faster than other people or whatever but only for like uh, maybe a year or something like that in your life and then you're like come on I want everybody you know my goal is not to be better than uh, anybody my goal is like I'm I'm a community minded person like I see a better world when everybody is uh is able to do something awesome so like it's not like I want bike lanes just in my neighborhood I think I want bike lanes across the whole state so that the whole state or the whole country or the whole world is um benefiting from something and then and then in return I uh, benefit from everybody else benefiting so um one thing that I do on one reason I do this podcast is to share things as I figure them out so that my entire town is uh is good at endurance sports and because let's say let's say everybody you know in your life I'm talking about at your job and your family extended family um on your way into work and the businesses you visit, the schools you go to, what if everybody was really good at endurance sports? Imagine how much different the world would be, you know, like, like uh, there'd be triathlons everywhere and everybody would be fit and healthy and happy and, um, not fighting all the time and, uh, you know, energetic and goal oriented. It'd be a wonderful world. And so, um, that's why, I try to share things as I learn them because I have a I have a vision in my mind of like a better place uh, than what, where we're at right now, and um, and to a uh, way to do that is it's just simply information. So if I figure out oh you know what this running shoe actually works better because it's got more comfort, or you'll probably like uh, this triathlon bike better because of this feature and that feature I, I uh, or this works better to run off to run faster off of the bike ride that I'm going to tell you and that's why I make shows um, as frequently as I can once I find out something I try to share it so um, back to the back to the email from Nicholas Callis um, yeah that's good I love this email because they're saying uh, in a short amount of time they've only been listening to the show for a short amount of time but um, like they said uh, he said um, He's absorbing all the info that would have taken him years to figure out on his own. Yeah, and who knows how many years? Ten years? I don't know. Um, Keep them coming, and I'll be listening. All right, cool. All right, let's get into the next part of the show, which is the training log, where I take you with me, and I record some of my training, uh, you know, like um, what I do uh, to uh, train at the uh, currently um, half Ironman and starting to get in the Ironman after this next half Ironman level, uh, the type of intervals, the frequency, the little tips and tricks. Uh, and also I found that, um, if you're listening to somebody else talk about their training, it gives you ideas and gets you kind of, uh, amped, gets you kind of motivated to go do your own. And uh, then we're back to square one with, uh, getting the whole community moving. All right. And I call it the training log and here it is. Let's go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Kuneli. Hi, everybody. My name is Brett. I'm a triathlete. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But, Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on, dudes. Let's go exercise. Exercise. Yeah. I'm going to do sit-ups till I poop myself. All right, welcome to another training log. Start eight. Wednesday, March 9th, on my way to WTERK. 
Uh, got up this morning, was uh, looking for something different on the bike trainer. Doing day after day after day of bike training. Got Ironman Canada coming up uh, this summer. Don't know about Uberman. Going to have to find out today if I've got enough vacation time to actually do it. And um, I was looking for something interesting. And you can go to uh, YouTube. If you have an account in YouTube, you know, you just sign up with an email. That's it. And it'll start. The more videos you watch, the more it starts telling you what videos you might like. So when you get up in the morning, you can uh, drink a cup of coffee with a little bit of butter in it to kick off that fat burning. And then oh, I have a little bit of Ezekiel cereal with uh, full fat milk in it. And uh, then some potato starch. And the uh, whole time I'm sitting there just going, mm-hmm. oh, YouTube uh, videos. And there's a little watch later. It's a little stopwatch sign. Uh, if you drift your mouse over a video, so you do watch later, watch later, watch later, watch later. So it adds it to this queue called your watch later queue. And then on YouTube, you can uh, say, okay, now I'll watch this. So I watched Stephen Colbert uh, making fun of Kanye West, which is a very good thing. And uh, Kanye West just needs a billion dollars from uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Larry Page. <laughs> and then, uh, hey, look, I'm at work on time. That's pretty cool. And GCN, I think is what it's called. Uh, I don't know what the G stands for. Cycling Network, it's a British show, which has really good British humor in it. Uh, but it's about cycling. Watch something about you know motorized bicycles and cheating. And I think I watched a UFC MMA fight. And uh, it was nice, man. Just, uh, I don't think I watched anything about nutrition. Just a queue of videos and kind of see where everything is. Uh, I missed work yesterday because Kai was sick. And I needed to stay home with them. But now you're homesick and your staff texts you constantly about things that are going wrong at work. So I feel like I didn't get a day off work at all. So uh, maybe that's my punishment for staying homesick uh, but not actually being sick. Uh, in the United States, if your child is sick, uh, you can stay home. Quote, unquote, as it counts as a sick day because um, you're taking care of your kid. But anyway, i got a green smoothie going. And it's got kale. Uh, flax, ground flax seeds, and if you don't grind them, they're useless. They pass right through you, and um, you buy them ground. Ground flax and banana and an apple in it. And to core the apple, I just ate the apple and spit the chunks into the blender <laughs> as I was eating it. And now it's uh, perfect, man. I freaking love it. It's a really good one. And Emily bought some blueberries, uh, but I didn't manage to throw those in there yet. I'll get on it. All right. Got to go into W to the ERK. Out, bang. All right. Interesting stuff happening yesterday. Uh, enough has happened with Uberman going down where I was actually able to post on uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that junk that I'm doing it. And, man, the people came out of the woodwork. It was awesome. Coach Adam, which is a huge deal for uh, Zentri, said uh, he wants to help crew for it. And also uh, Jamie Patrick. Holy crap. The man. Ultra uh, marathon swimmer of the year a couple of years ago. Um, puts on swimming camps, I think, at Catalina Island. <laughs> and all over the place. Uh, one of the longest distance, fastest swimmers on the planet. 
said he uh, wanted to help crew. Uh, that's a really, really big deal. So that was uh, really neat. I was really careful in crafting the message that this would be not about uh, me, but about all of us that are in the gang of Zentri uh, trying to get somebody uh, across Uberman from point A to point B and then the point C uh, doing this thing. So uh, then, uh, let's see, last night didn't feel like working out. It's kind of sleepy, sleepy. I ate too many chia seeds. They're higher in fiber. Then uh, if you eat too much of something that's high in fiber, then it ends up hurting your stomach. So um, I cooked dinner for Emily. I did pork chops, put a little bit of jalapeno uh, seasoning on them, and also uh, beans and uh, picante. No, not picante, pico de gallo on them, and uh, a little bit of spinach. Uh, raw spinach, you know, baby leaf spinach with some carrots. It made her dinner. It was supposed to be for all of us, but my stomach hurt, and I wasn't really feeling it, so I went to bed a little bit early last night. Um, there's two different ways to train. Um, if you need to train more and you're not training very much, not exercising a lot, then uh, um, you should make yourself work out when you don't feel like working out. But if you have fully ingrained the habit to the point of where you work out plenty and maybe too much, then uh, you can easily get overtrained because you've liked it. You like it so much and you've got it kind of figured out. Then on, if you're having a, a time when you normally would work out uh, and you don't really feel like it, skip it. <laughs> you should just say, you know what, not today. And that's what I did last night. Skipped it. And then, uh, oh, plus we've had like three days of rain nonstop come through Texas, uh, the south. And I uh, didn't want to, my, I was going to run last night. And I was just like, bleh. It's kind of, not cold, but cool and wet. I don't mind running. And then after I get started, it start raining. But if it's raining to start, walking out in that, it's like, bleh. I don't like that. So this morning, got up, still raining. So I got on the treadmill. And with my foot injury, the treadmill is actually really nice. Because you can start off really slowly and uh, with uh, a little bit of incline. I did a 2% incline for a while. And then, uh, so I'm not banging into my heel, running on flat ground. And then as my form warmed up and warmed up and warmed up, eventually worked my way up to, um, dropped the incline a little bit down to half a percent or 1% uh, incline. And then let the speed slowly, slowly, slowly ramp up. And my foot feels pretty freaking good after that. I sleep with the boot at night, the plantar fasciitis boot on my left foot. Sometimes when I wake up now, my left foot feels better than my right foot. <laughs> and uh, so treadmill for an hour, just slowly speeding up uh, for breakfast, uh, coffee with the tiniest bit of butter in it. And then um, what else did I have? A little bit of Ezekiel cereal with full fat milk and uh, getting started on the treadmill. Didn't really, wasn't really feeling it. So I've got powdered Gatorade. You can buy Gatorade uh, like construction crew Gatorade is where it's in the big container and it makes like uh, 30 quarts or something like that. It's just a big, big thing of powder. And instead of using high fructose corn syrup in it, it's using, uh, you know, sh sugar, sugar, which is nice. Not There's really not that much difference probably. But uh, it's still got flame retardant orange in it. <laughs> but it comes in either orange or, or lime probably. You get the two different flavors. And then... Uh, one full scoop is one quart of Gatorade. So 
uh, and it's 220 calories, I think, like something like that. So anyway, it's really cheap way to get in your uh, energy while running and a little bit of electrolytes and stuff. So uh, put a scoop of that in a bike bottle and then another bike bottle of fresh water. And then uh, after you get moving, so I was running, body's all warmed up and everything, start sipping on that and uh that way you get in a good workout you got lots of energy and stuff and the uh what's uh what's my point uh oh you can add sea salt or maltodextrin powder anyway you can craft your own it's pretty freaking cool Uh, and uh, it's diluted Um, it mixes up instantly it's actually uh pretty smart and uh oh the whole point is you can drink some gatorade which is really bad for your teeth and then follow it with uh, fresh water. That's what I do. And then that rinses it out of your mouth. And then that way you're drinking, uh, you want to get your Gatorade to um, the same consistency as when they sell it on the shelves, pretty much. Not much stronger than that, or else it's a little harder on the stomach. So uh, if you drink it at the correct consistency, almost, and then follow it with water, then um, you're getting a lot of liquid in and you end up having a really good workout working out and stay hydrated it's pretty cool anyway tricks tricks treadmill gatorade on the left fresh water on the right and uh just uh keeping hydrated and having a nice workout could feel about halfway through the workout half an hour in started feeling like really really good so anyway that's it out bang All right, yo, 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 we're back. And uh, I got a whole bunch of little things to cover. It's early in the morning. I'm driving to the pool to go swim. Let's see, let's talk about nutrition. I definitely feel like um, I'm beating down the, uh, the carb problem by adding in more fat. It feels like it's definitely taking hold. Workouts are better, uh, needing uh, less carbs. Um, because not not because I'm eating less carbs. Maybe well, it's more fat. Uh, it's timing of stuff. If you have some fat well before your workout, it uh, needs you to lead, need less carbs. It's really really weird, and I I will not pretend like I've got it completely nailed down. It's very difficult to do uh, when you've been doing it wrong. <laughs> So there's all that. But anyway, this morning I had uh, full fat milk. I'm going to switch over to coconut milk though pretty soon. Uh, the next time I go to the grocery store. And, uh, and also some guacamole. So you can buy this type of guacamole called holy guacamole. And if you look hard, you can find it in pouches. And you cut the corner off the pouch. So it's like the size of your pinky finger or smaller. And you can squeeze out guacamole. And then uh, <clears throat> it forms, you let the hole seal up with guacamole and uh, kind of like you're squeezing cake icing out of a bag. And then you, um, the guacamole seals the, the itself into the bag. You just don't want to get air in and out of there or else it'll turn brown and nasty. And the guacamole will stay fresh for like a couple weeks, like three weeks. So it won't go bad which is a difficult thing to, to accomplish. Um, you could get regular guacamole and put it into a Ziploc and cut the corner off or something like that. But anyway, you don't want air to touch this stuff or else it goes bad and guacamole is expensive. But 
Anyway, so I got up and uh, had guacamole. What I figured out is if I eat enough uh, fat before a workout, that I'm not really craving stuff and uh, actually a lot of strength and power throughout the whole workout. And I'm on my way to the pool to uh, uh, to go do this thing, to go swim. It'll be the first time I've swam in uh, a couple weeks because of the tattoo work. So I'm excited about that. I've been going to the gym and doing cable pulls and uh, and upper body strength work so I don't get too out of shape with the swimming. And in the meantime, got Galveston coming up, which is a half hour. It's a 1.2 mile open water swim. That's a pretty good clip. And uh, every year, usually I get towards the top of my age group, which is nice. And uh, like really towards the top. It's really, really cool. And so I'm, uh, I don't want to lose that. Studies show once you have something, your fear of losing it is stronger than uh, not having something and wanting to get it. Because once you already have it, you don't want to lose it. And also found out yesterday that, was it yesterday? Nate Diaz is a raw vegan. I was raw vegan for almost a year, about nine months, enough to have my own raw vegan baby. And I quit doing it because I wasn't getting enough calories in and it was making me um, weak and tired. And uh, looking back, I was definitely not doing fat. I was doing raw vegan and kind of going low on the fat because I was getting infatuated with the weight loss. I weighed like 15 pounds less than I do now or more. And that you get, it's very seductive. And that's how you can develop an eating disorder. You're like, oh, but I'm getting so skinny. I could keep getting skinnier and skinnier. And you're hungry all the time, but you're used to it. So it doesn't bother you that bad. Then you're tired all the time. And that's when I started getting depressed. And that's why I'm not a huge fan of uh, crazy diets and such. I try to stay away from them because they can lead to eating disorders. And so I kind of touched my foot into that area and want to stay away from it. Um, But it was still really cool to see that uh, Nate Diaz, uh, his quote, (laughs) he's funny because he's such a stoner dude, it's like hard to get him to say anything uh, legible. Uh, I don't know what the word is. But where he's just like, yeah, man, I just eat. I do raw vegan. I can just eat uh, whatever I want, and I can stay fighting weight. And that's true. That's pretty cool. They uh, These guys drop tons of weight to fight. That way they have a big frame and lots of muscle, but very little weight uh, for that size. For that size, yeah. And they can actually fight and it's really a combination of who's the best fighter and also who can lose the most amount of weight, which is kind of sad that that's the way things are. But uh, so with raw vegan, he says he can eat all day and uh, stay full and uh, not be uh, not have to um, uh, still lose weight even more to fight at his weight classes that he's good at. So that was pretty cool. The main article I saw from that was from PETA, who will jump on anybody being uh, animal friendly and um, being successful which is kind of interesting whether you like whether you like it or not I'm sure Nate Diaz didn't call up PETA and say hey publish this article about me I'm like well he's beating up another animal he just beat another animal's face in that animal happens to be a human but PETA doesn't care <laughs> anyway 
Uh, humans are doing well enough in their eyes, I think. And then, oh, another thing. So it's been raining a lot, and Kai has, um, I'm driving too fast. Kai has uh, soccer, right? And soccer's awesome because you run and jog and you go sideways and back and forth. He twisted his ankle the other day, for example, right? And uh, so uh, it's been raining so much. Our city's rural. Uh, real hoity-toity about their fields if it's been raining hardly at all they uh, know all all human activities on fields are canceled because it'll tear up the fields and um, so no soccer yesterday afternoon and sorry I was having to focus there uh, no soccer and I said, well, no soccer, then uh, you still need to get on your bike trainer and bike half an hour. And this is, uh, this is the second time he's done this one particular workout that I've told him to do. I said, it's really easy. Watch your, he, he was watching The Simpsons, and he's 11. So, so this is great for him, right? He loves this. Uh, watch The Simpsons, and then every time that a commercial, it's a commercial break, which lasts a couple minutes, right? A few minutes, maybe. I said, go harder. Just put it in a bigger gear and go harder. And when the Simpsons itself is, is, are on, then, uh, pedal easy, just relax and ride easy. And, um, and it's cool because the, the, uh, sound from the trainer can drown out the, uh, the, um, uh, the commercial, you know, so you don't really want to pay attention to the commercials anyway. So you drown them out with uh, with your trainer. You're going harder. It's about the time of an interval, and then the period of of Simpson Simpsons is uh, or whatever TV show you're watching is about the time of recovery. It works out just great, and you can do it while watching your TV show. And um, I had him do it. I've had him do it before, maybe twice before. And anyway, cycling practice, cycling team practice, where they go for uh, one and a half to two hours, really one and a half hours, on the weekend, uh, the past couple weeks, his coach took me aside and said, Kai is getting really good. Uh, he's keeping up. He's breaking away and on the hill climbs. He's keeping up with the, uh, the college-aged coaches. And I just wanted to let you know, man, we're really excited. Like, he's kicking ass. And uh, I said, thanks. I've been putting him on the trainer every once in a while, just a couple, few times a week. And uh, and maybe that's it. And uh, they're like, yeah, that's uh, probably it. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. And I'm like, no, I know. That's how it works. So anyway, my suggestion for you, if you're trying to um, make the trainer give you better results or the treadmill give you better results and you're looking for something interesting to do uh all you got to do is just put on tv because uh, tv has shit tons of f- stupid commercials on it and you uh just go easy and then uh go harder just a. It's just a bit harder. So if you're on your bike, you pedal so it's easy, and then either move up one gear, maybe two gears, but uh, and pretend like you're climbing a hill at kind of an earnest pace, but nothing uh, too too crazy uh, during the commercial breaks, and it works. It works. 
All right, I got to go into the pool. I'm super stoked about swimming. More in a bit. Out, bang. Whoa, that was an awesome swim workout. Uh, I did what you call a front-loaded swim where uh, and you can do this in any kind of workout. I love this. I love telling people what you do in the water, you can do in, on the bike, and what you do on the bike, you can do on the run. What you do on the run, you can do in the swim. I mean, it just goes uh, round and round. Oh, man. Okay, so you take one that works for one and apply it to the other. It's all endurance. Um, get in and uh, warm up until you feel pretty good. So that's five to ten minutes. kind of depends. And then go hard for a couple, three, maybe four minutes. But, you know, in a nine out of ten until you start to burn pretty good. And right before failure, uh, stop. Uh, recover a little bit for like a few minutes maybe uh, until you catch your breath, until you're almost completely recovered. You don't want to get totally completely recovered uh, and then do it again. Do another hard couple minutes and don't time it. Just go and make it so that you burn up uh, relatively uh, moderately quickly. And um, and then you, you uh, recover until you're almost completely recovered and you do it again and do it again. If you're new to this and you're weak and it hurts, then you would do maybe three times. Um, if you've been doing it a while, you can get up to six times. And uh, this is exactly like if you went and lifted weights. Go lift weights and do um, curls. And you notice that when you do curls, because that's the easiest one to simulate, you do curls. You can do curls for like a minute or two, and then it starts to burn so bad you got to stop. And then you shake out your arms and kind of recover a little bit, and then do it again. And if you if you do if you're new to it, you want to do like you want to do that like two or three times, just like I said. And uh, after a while, after a, a couple weeks of that, you can do like up to six times, and your biceps get freaking strong, freaking strong. You get your biceps out of and and huge, yeah, just super strong. You start going up in weight, up in strength, like crazy, crazy. Well, you do the exact same thing in your workouts, and this is instead of doing you know a hard interval every ten minutes and spacing it out over an hour, just do them all in a row because you notice that if you recover too long between them then uh, you got to kind of start all over again. But if you only wait, just like if you were shaking out your arms, lifting weights, if you, uh, if you um, wait only like just a short amount of time and kind of recover, then the next set burns really, really good, really good. And then the next set burns even more, it burns even more. Then you'll notice you're done with six of them in about half an hour. Well, what do you do the rest of the half, the rest of the hour? Ah, now it's time to swim easy or run easy or bike easy and just work on technique. Um, if you do the hard stuff up front, you do it when you got lots of glycogen in the body and you can really work the muscles really well. And uh, that's when you're really stressing them. So you give them the most resources to do, to improve. I'm going to move over. This guy can merge. And then... <sighs> If you do them later in your workout, um, you've kind of cut your workout off at the legs. You know, the improving part. It's the intervals that's the improving part of strength. 
And strength is what makes the difference. And then you've done that work in the first part of the workout, the first half hour, and then you could go another half hour, hour, two hours, three hours. You know, you're doing a long workout, just going easy. And for the rest of that, you're just working on metabolic efficiency and just cruising along easy and working on technique and form and recovery. And it's nice, super, super nice. And you can go for as much time as you got left because that, I'd hate to call it junk miles, but the, the rest of what you're doing is kind of just killing time and just working on, uh, yeah, just efficiency and uh, not strength and stuff anymore. Anyway, that's called front loading. That's what I call it. And uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. I haven't done that in a while. I loved it. The weightlifting I've been doing, upper body weightlifting, uh, made the swim actually very, very tolerable. The water felt kind of thick a little bit because I haven't been in the water in a while. But otherwise, uh, plenty of strength, able to swim, uh, no problem. So two weeks, no swimming, get back in. Swimming is no problem because of weightlifting. So think about that when you travel and you uh, need to speed up a little bit. When, you, uh, when you're traveling and there's no pool, uh, do weights. So you do cable pulls, do lat pull downs, do some bench press or, or whatever, and do some deltoids where you lift weights up, up in the air sideways like you're flying, like a big bird, like a pterodactyl, pterodactyl. All right, now I want to let you know about this podcast is brought to you by Amrita Bars. I got one right here in my hand. I can smell it. I've got a post-workout Amrita Bar. They make actually ones that are specific for post-workout that are chocolate maca. Maca. Um, I don't have one of those on me. I'm mad. But I do have mango coconut. And uh, they're a date-based bar. They're they're chewy and they've got chia seeds, which I love. Hold on, I'm gonna try to put a piece of it in my mouth. Mmm. Oh my god. Don't you wish you had one right now? It's mango and coconut. Does it get any better than that? I don't know how they come up with that flavor. Um they're nut free. They got seeds instead of nuts, so they have um they're allergen. If you have a nut allergy, they're allergen free. They're hypoallergenic, so if you decide to shampoo with it, you'll be cool. Probably won't do much. But Amrita Bars, I love them. Super, super healthy. You know they're clean. Uh, last night on Facebook for Uberman, Arshad said, uh, the owner of Amrita Bars, we're friends, and he said, uh, hey, how are you going to train for something like Uberman? And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to eat lots of Amrita Bars. <laughs> Send me more. And... Uh, Oh, man, I'm pretty excited about it. So you can get a big discount on Amrita bars. I think it's like 15%. But anyway, by going to amritahealthfoods.com, checking out their stuff, and using discount code ZEN2016, ZEN2016. All right, I got to go into W2ERK out. All right, it's uh, Tuesday after time change, and I want to give a couple tips on how to deal with time change for next time around, next spring, when you have to deal with it, which hopefully, I was joking with somebody at work the other day, whatever presidential candidate says they'll eliminate time change, uh, daylight savings time, that's who I'll vote for, I don't care about anything else, just kidding, but that's how you feel when you're grumpy, and 
Uh, so we lose an hour in the spring here in the USA, most places. And I don't know about the rest of the world, but uh, hopefully the rest of the world has gotten past this craziness and doesn't deal with this anymore. It seems like it's a total relic from World War One and then World War Two. And it's so institutionalized, no one has the balls to stop it. But anyway, um, did a big weekend of training, three hours on Saturday, three hours on Sunday. Uh, training went well, was just cranking out massive watts on Sunday. On the second day of you know some decent training, back-to-back uh, brick workout days, did two hours bike, one hour run each day. And my whole point is, got a lot of training load in there, working out nice Nice and hard, nice and good, uh, just sustained, three hours continuous, and then you go to bed, and your plan the next day is, I'm going to get up and uh, swim, because, uh, or your plan might be to get up and work out. Well, it's time change day, but this also works anytime when you've done a lot, and then you wake up in the morning, and it just doesn't seem to be working, and... Um, this is an overtraining and, and also overtraining avoidance and smart training technique is you get up and I get up at 4.30 in the morning, but my body feels like it's 3.30. Got the big training load for the day before. My theory was going into the day, get up and see how I feel, right? Don't judge until you get there. It's a Zen thing. Don't, don't judge ahead of time. It's a waste of your, of your stress hormones. And, uh, you know, don't pre-decide. And uh, got up. Felt okay-ish. Um, oh, we also went and saw Deadpool uh, that night and uh, had an anniversary dinner. Uh, Zen Tri Nurse and I have been together for, we've been married 18 years. Together 20, 22 maybe. And, um, hey, there's a cyclist in the intersection. Is it a little kid or it's a lady? Go, lady. And um, more people need to commute in my town. It's good to see a cyclist out. That's a cool bike, too. I like the paint job. Yellow, white, and red. And it drives me crazy. Squirrel moment here. Uh, It drives me crazy, this blacked-out bike trend. I'm not saying I won't get a blacked-out bike because you kind of got to get whatever bike works. But, man, they make you, like, invisible in traffic. And they have a brightly colored bike, white, yellow and red, bright green. Man, it just helps so much. I love my white bike. <laughs> I love my dead gay son. <laughs> I was trying to explain that to somebody the other day. They were like, huh? Anyway, uh, that's from Heathers, the movie. But uh, back, to the, back to the main thread here. Give her some room as I go around. And <clears throat> it's a white trek with a flame paint job. That's pretty cool. Uh, got up and then after had a snack, uh, coconut milk and Ezekiel cereal, and I uh, surfed the internet for a little bit. And I was decided I was sleepy, and I was like, Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna absorb the, the previous day's work and maybe uh, swim tonight. I went back to bed, and then by nighttime, uh, everything rolled around and I had a great swim workout. did intervals, all kinds of stuff. So I just moved my swim to the evening and uh, adjusted. And instead of forcing myself to a schedule, and that is how you do it. That's pretty cool. I uh, just got an email from uh, Zwift that wants me to uh, write something for their blog about how to train 
uh, using Zwift, I think I have to read more of the email and go a little back and forth with them and think about uh, what they want written. And we are at W to the ERK. I'm really enjoying um, coconut milk lately. Coconut milk is almost entirely fat, and it's the kind of fat that activates more fat burning. So I get up and I put that in my coffee. I feel better about that than putting butter in. And uh, it's one thing to not be afraid of fat, but it's one thing to put in uh, healthy fats. <laughs> and maybe maybe not go crazy with the butter. And uh, also been doing vegan for the past few days. And it's kind of hit and miss, like on whether how it makes me feel. And uh, chia seeds in my Gatorade, ground chia seeds. That way they don't get stuck in the bottle nozzle is uh, pretty cool. But anyway, my whole point to this whole thread was be gentle on yourself and don't pre-decide you have to do something um, and be a little bit more go with the flow, uh, which seems to be the motto of the movie uh, The Big Lebowski. It's go with the flow, dude. All right, that's it. I got to go in and flow at W to the ERK. Out, Bing. All right, last entry. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Lots of cool stuff happened in the past few days. I just left the pool and was talking to a kid. He's probably 16, 17 years old. It's hard to tell. And uh, he was on Kai's uh, triathlon team, the kid's triathlon team, when he was younger. And Because Kai's been on it since he was like four or five, and now Kai's 11. And um, he was telling me he's trying to get better at swimming. We were swimming uh, in the same pool but not in the same lane or anything like that and he said he was trying to get better at swimming because he's doing his first Olympic distance triathlon and I was asking me some questions and then we started talking about cycling and it turns out dude he's doing 75 mile bike rides (laughs) and leading off the front of the local bike club and uh, he's actually owns like tons of KOMs King of the Mountains on Strava around town uh, Strava is where uh, you upload your workouts and it compares them against everybody else's. And uh, so you get an idea. So, like, there's sections like uh, up a hill or for distance over miles, you know, kind of like between landmarks that people name. And then you compare yourself versus other people who is the fastest. And KOM is king of the mountain, QOM is queen of the mountain. And uh, it turns out he's got king of the mountain all over town over different <laughs> different different segments on Strava I was just like holy crap and it all comes from growing up riding a bike a lot which uh, definitely put your kids into this stuff man and uh, so yeah, we were talking about this that and the other that was pretty neat and he wants to start riding with me because uh, he just wants to start I don't know just wants to do longer self-sufficient stuff and uh he was asking me, like, how far do you go? I was like, uh, today I did, like, two hours and a one-hour run. And he's like, oh, that's nice. And I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, what would you do today? And he's like, oh, 75 miles, which ended up being about four hours. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was trying to be modest with mine, and it turns out he's doing, like, double of what I was doing. And then it turns out he's king of the mountain on a whole bunch of stuff. I'm like, holy cow, I'm talking to a badass. But all of us can be uh, badass uh, relatively speaking, if you just do it, man, you put in the work, make it a lifestyle. Okay. Uh, Strava, I promised I'd talk about, not Strava, uh, Zwift, which is the video game where you ride your bike and, um, 
the mountain segments that the mountain the huge mountain that they've added and how to ride it so they added it on friday gary started teasing me uh, by text message saying hey you gotta go ride this thing it's killer and uh, sending me pictures of him riding it because you can take snapshots of yourself riding the video game it's pretty neat oh i gotta take a bite of an apple this is a real triathlon podcast and we really eat because as triathletes we take in calories Honey crisp. So, um, I got on it Friday evening and went and checked out the mountain. It took about 10 minutes to get to the mountain, which is a uh, nice little uh, warm up, right? And then started climbing, and it averages like 8% grade. And you get to the top of the mountain after nearly 30 minutes. And so, you're talking about a 30 minute climb. And that's if you're hoofing it, man. And, uh, you don't get a 30-minute sustained climb hardly, hardly anywhere. And the uh, next thing is, uh, once you get to the top of the mountain, there's an option to turn left and go up to the very top mountain peak, up to the radio tower, which is another 7 to 10 minutes. So you're talking um, 35 to 45 uh, minutes, maybe 50 minutes, depending on like how fast you, you go and your weight because the game takes in all your physics of your of your uh, body size your mass and um, there's blizzards and uh, a castles and a village that you ride through and a ski resort <laughs> it's great yeah and a radio tower and hot air balloons it's crazy and it's awesome and then you get to the top and then you turn around it takes 10 minutes probably uh, maybe 5 to 10 minutes to bomb down the hill and then it goes up over the mountain, and then it goes it goes over the mountain to the other side, right? And then when you go when you go down the other side, um, it's different scenery down the other side. And so then you can turn around when you get down. You can do a U-turn and come back up that other side if you want. And then uh, you've got a whole different scene going up it, coming back. Got a cop. Oh, man. You're really causing yourself some trouble. Little traffic situation here. And uh, then... Oh, I don't want to go that way. So, by the time you climb the mountain and then come back down the other side, it is an hour. uh, 55 minutes to an hour and five minutes, kind of. Right? That's an hour on the trainer that I've spent... I that just blew by and it's intense you're doing 30 to 40 minutes and like uh in sweet spot almost your ftp climbing that thing because if you don't climb hard enough you don't go anywhere right so it's a self-induced motivation to uh to climb which is just awesome awesome for training the, the holy grail in training is 2 by 20 minutes at near FTP, kind of sweet spot, right? So you got about 40 minutes total uh, of doing, uh, you know, pretty hard climbing. And this is 30 to 40-something minutes per, uh, is it per climb? Yeah, yeah, 30 to 40 minutes per climb that you do this. Um so it's just amazing, absolutely amazing training. 
I can't recommend it enough. And then Saturday, so that was Friday night climbing it. So Saturday, I said, man, I've got two hours I want to train on the bike, and then I want to run an hour. And I'm going to do... Uh, I'm going to climb over the mountain twice. I'm going to climb it over it and then down and then turn around and come back and climb up over it and again. And that was the fastest or the, the easiest two hours of training I've ever done in my entire life. Oh, here's the car that just roared by me earlier. This guy's got issues. And, And it was also the um, some of the highest watts that I've put out in a workout in a long, long time. That wasn't a race, probably ever. That wasn't a race, and it was because I was uh, putting down the pressure because I was going um, I was going uphill. It was just absolutely astounding that it was uh, uh, so such great results, man unbelievable I couldn't it's freaking amazing and then I go outside and I run with my dog and it's a sunny day it's kind of cold and windy but it was real bright sun and uh, the flowers are out all the spring flowers and stuff and it was I've spent so much time in the video game is so realistic that it felt weird because I'd just been at high altitude um in snow a couple of times that morning and now I'm out running in Texas uh, central Texas on a sunny day in a meadow with with wildflowers and I was like what the hell is going on it was really tripping me out <laughs> and so let's see that day I got in 4,500 yeah 4,500 feet of climbing I remember because if I went another 30 seconds I'd, I'd hit 4,500 and um Today, I repeated that same workout, uh, two hours on Zwift, climbing the mountain uh, each way, and got in 4,650 feet of climbing, and then went out for a one-hour run uh, with my dog, and uh, again, a beautiful sunny day after coming down from the mountain peak, and if you total that up with the day before, which was like 2,000-something feet of climbing, then... Uh, we're talking 8,000, 10,000, maybe like 11,000 feet of climbing in three days on this thing. And so I'm just smitten over the moon with this, uh, especially because you get the long sustained periods of climbing and that is critical. And, um, if you live in Boulder, if you visited Boulder, Colorado, which is the, you know, world-class American place to train in the United States, uh, they all, all the pros live in Boulder. There's a climb. I've done it myself. You go just north of Boulder just a little bit and then turn left and climb from Boulder, which is it. Let's say it start, that starts kind of like five and a half thousand feet. Um, and it climbs up to a ward if you want, which is at 8,000 feet. So you're doing a 4,000 foot climb, right? Um, it's pretty much nonstop. Well, basically, and it takes about two hours and change. And, um, basically on Zwift, you can replicate that. (laughs) 
You can climb 2,000 feet, do a 10-minute descent, and then climb 2,000 feet again. And uh, basically, you've done what the pros have done, doing a monstrous uh, sustained climb. And then, uh, let's see, uh, last time I swam was Friday, today's Sunday, so that's a day off on Saturday, and then go back to the pool today, and I was so motivated by the results of uh, that resistance of climbing the trainer that I uh, broke out my old trick, and I forgot where I learned this, but you can tie your feet together with a bandana and uh, try to swim like that, and it is a mother trucker, dude. No joke. Uh, a couple times my feet hit the bottom of the pool because they're dragging. It is difficult to swim with your feet tied together. And uh, so I war- warmed up 10 minutes and then did 20 minutes with my feet tied together. And then swam easy 10 minutes and then did another 20 minutes with my feet tied together. And it's a lot like riding uphill uh, 20 minutes. But it's like swimming uphill uh, 20 minutes each time. So, yeah, two by, two by 20 minutes at near threshold, uh, really, really works. I finished and, and, um, my arms were sore, pumped up, you know, uh, it was really, really, really nice. So I'm stoked about that. All right. That's it for this episode. I want everybody to stay safe out there. Um, I'd have to think too hard, uh, right now to uh, tell you who next week's guest is. It'll be awesome. I'm sure. <laughs> But a uh, big shout out to all the sponsors. Oh, I got off the phone with uh, Argon 18 early, early this week. I hope good things happen with that. They've got a killer bike. And uh, I might, oh, I've got an article coming out on Zwift. Uh, hopefully they'll publish it. You never know. On their blog. And uh, man, it'd be cool to get the guys from Zwift or, uh, and or Argon 18 bike company as upcoming guests on the show. Wouldn't it? All right, that's it. Everybody stay safe out there. Work the uphills, cruise the downhills, and keep the rubber side down. Out. <laughs>